This is Josh Jackson. Carrie Shuck. And Keith Heron, and you're listening to The Big Boy Pants Podcast. Oh, the athleticism. Hey, big boy. Yeah, I'm a big boy. That's a big boy, sir. I'm a big boy. People who put on their big boy pants. Hey, big boy. Hey, how you doing? You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants. Look, I'm wearing a belt. I got big boy pants on. And this is not for the faint of heart. Here we are again, gentlemen. We did it. We did. We're back. Welcome back. You know, it, I'm so glad that we made it out the other side of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And everybody's, Corona everybody's free. great. We all got tested before we came in here. So, <laughs> yep. you know, we're in a good spot. Hey, good I've been position. asked a lot. Um, do you guys know anybody that got Corona? No. Uh, I, there was a, a kid that graduated a year a, a, after me in Poto who got it. Yeah. We went into so our neighbor's house for the so. first time ever. He called us and he was like, hey, neighbor, come look what they did in my house. And he got new countertops and he's redoing the inside. We're redoing the inside of our house right yeah. now. And his wife works at the hospital. And uh, she come home and, you know, we started talking. My wife came over and she was looking at the kitchen. And you could tell she acted like she had the deepest, darkest plague ever. And she just kind of looked at us and just went, I had Corona. Oh no! <laughs> we we're like, really? She's like, she said they had a patient that came in that tested five times positive wow. because they could not get rid of it. Wow! And okay. she, she was okay. like, I think that's where I got it. So, it? so uh, I'm the, just going to put the age. Did, did she say the age? Was she an older person? He, uh, he, or he, she? he was older. Okay, um, survived it, got over it, and okay. everything. Good. But uh, my question is, when was this, Josh? Uh, it's been months since okay. she's had it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, when were you in their house, Josh? About a day ago. Okay. So. All right. I'm going to be seeing you guys later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. We're going to do this from a remote area right. now. No, if I thought uh, I thought I was contagious, I would not be here. Yeah, but we all decided that Native Americans can't get yeah, it. Yeah, right? we're, I'm we're basically. Clear. I said you guys are in luck. Yeah. <laughs> now Holly, she's still susceptible. Yeah. Because remember, we found no, out that she's, she's no Native American. No, she doesn't have any Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan though. So. Or Scandinavian Sc- or something yeah. like. It's maybe Scandinavian. Yeah. I don't know. As I mean, I mean, we we, we can beat anything except like smallpox and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only two things that'll bring us down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, good. it feels good to be back here, guys. It does. It feels it good. Does. Any big things happen? Uh, hey, man, we got sports starting back up. Good. Yeah, good. Mustang, Oklahoma, sports in full effect. Yes. I've never seen the ball fields as full as they are. It is packed. Every grandma, every grandpa, yeah. now, everybody. Now, I, was, I told this to Josh earlier, but to me, I'm not 100% sure if it's because they're not letting people sit in the bleachers and then just because there's so many people around area that it just feels like more or if there really is that much more people well, listen i think you can get grandma to come if grandma can bring her own chair yeah so yeah and they're all coming logan yeah, wanted a lot. To, logan wanted to go to the park we went to the park and he's chasing squirrels around and then i see there's like a men's softball game going on mm-hmm. and we just stood by the back fence <laughs> yes. and just watched because it was like took it all in i forgot what it was like yeah <laughs> and it's been great We've, we were four games deep into this we mm-hmm. had a game last night we had two games tonight so yeah, we're, yeah, and then we have one last week, so we're rolling. We got soccer starting back up. Three and one. What, what are you guys on the year? Uh, we're three. Well, um, the first game we lost. Next game we tied. Oh, okay. Uh, then we won, and then we lost. So, so you're one, two, and one. One, two, one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great soccer record. Hey, man, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, we're having fun. 
That's that's the that's the main thing. Yeah, and, and they're playing fall ball rules, so they're not keeping. They're technically not oh, keeping yeah. score. Oh, so you can get online, and it's not going to show. Of course, we keep a scorebook. They're still putting it on the scoreboard. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, they exciting. Did, they didn't keep a. They didn't really keep score in our soccer league, but we we all knew the score oh, yeah. and everything. Because at the end they have a championship game, but they didn't let the kids know that. And I do know that of six kids on my team, five of the kids did score a goal in the year, and only one didn't. And he lives in my house, so <laughs> <laughs> tells you he'll where get, I'm at. He'll get there, man. Yeah. <laughs> he does not want to play anymore. He's he's big into swimming though. He's, he's got and music. A, he's got him a good drum set now. Oh, he went out there the other day and went to town for about three minutes, and he comes back and he's like done like he like he, <laughs> yeah. like he and it was like he mastered it yeah. <laughs> i mean we heard him out there it was like da, 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 sh, da, 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 nothing more i can nothing. do with these he's like yeah. what's next <laughs> you guys got violins around here <laughs> oh that's good yeah this what is about great. you nah, i've got nothing we had a kid yeah uh, during the pandemic i think we've already talked about that yeah he's doing great he's three months old now uh oh oh ld Ledger, Ledger, <laughs> Ledger Daniel, call him Taco. LD. Uh, LD. L, I love it. Yeah. Oh. oh. There's, a, there's a deeper meaning there. So, so uh, yeah, so he's doing good. He's a super happy baby, uh, starting to sleep a little bit better. And uh, I, my sister sent me a picture from four years ago when Logan was probably eight months old. And, dude, I looked 10 years younger. I got to send oh, you guys yeah. this picture. But... As soon as I saw it, like Robbie came into the living room and she she's that picture. I was like, Yeah, I looked a lot better. She's like, Yeah, you look ten years younger. And I yeah, was like, It's just I did. It was this pandemic, man. I, I've had people I had somebody <laughs> come up to me the other day and I don't know who it was, maybe my sister in law. I was like, Man, you have aged in the last two months. And I was like, Well, thank you. Like I I shaved my beard down the other day and I looked up and I was like, Man, what happened? You see right mm-hmm. under here? Yeah, I see it. I go, yeah. What happened? I looked at Holly. I said, it looks like my guard came off. And she goes, oh, no, that's just two gray stripes. That's two gray <laughs> You got two yeah, gray yeah. stripes. Yeah, but it looks like I shaved it wrong. Yeah, it, <laughs> but yeah. No, they're gray. It's gray. Well, hey, uh, you, I mean, I, I'll say uh, I don't have to yet, but like just for men. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Been, yeah, <laughs> I, use, I use it quite a bit. I've been on that train for a long time. Yeah. Keith and, gets and real blonde. Not even necessarily because of the grays. The grays are there, but it's more so with the blondes I'm trying to cover up. You do have a blonde mustache. I, I it's been you can tell it's been a while since I've uh, it's kinda, just for men. Listen, it kind of and I'm not I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but Bigfoot, you know yeah. how he's got a blonde mustache <laughs> but then it, his beard goes dark. <laughs> okay. That's where you're at. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you look good. Everybody out there that sees Keith from now on, you're going to see that Bigfoot. You know, they they had me in the uh, one of the little videos that they make for for church that they put on their Facebook page. Yeah. Like I was in one of those videos and it was just from the other day and uh, Jennifer saw it and later on she told me, she's like, Keith, you looked really jolly in that picture (laughs) or in that video. And I went back and looked at it and it's just because my face was so red. (laughs) I don't know why I have such a red You were talking to Anthony King. He was on that thing like four times. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to him and, and I have this thing where when I know the camera's on me, like I'll kind of I'll put on a little bit. So like I'll like look like I'm really engaged with whoever mm-hmm. I'm talking to, and I'm oh, they just made a joke, no. and now I'm laughing. I back off. Yeah, well, you do. Yes, because last time we got that bald spot. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, dude, you got to let a brother know. <laughs> yeah. Get a good side of yeah, me. Yeah, at least get my uh, pre-approval on that <laughs> yeah. stuff. That's the, that's the thing about being my height. If if I start going bald, I mean, there's there's no getting away from it. They, I mean, just to be on anybody's level, yeah, they're gonna see it. You got to take a trip to uh, 
Robbie's stomping grounds. Man, okay. Uh, I'm so glad you just mentioned that because I was going to bring it up and I forgot what I was going to say, but I just remembered it. So Hochatown, mm-hmm. down Beaver's Bend, oh, yeah. south southeast Oklahoma, I saw a news story about hidden cameras yep, they, in a cabin. We just talked about Did that about an hour this? ago. Yeah. Did you see this? Okay, Carrie, well. explain yourself <laughs> yeah. right, right now. Yeah, what, are, what are we doing in southeast Oklahoma? <laughs> well, uh, we just want to make sure everybody's taking the proper precautions <laughs> yeah, for this, yeah. for this COVID it's thing. It's a social distancing monitor. Okay, yeah. so... so that's that's really the big business down there is people go down there and and there's you know a lake down there and hiking and all the outdoorsy things it's, and, and, and you, Bigfoot Bigfoot and Bigfoot and Bigfoot yeah. of course yeah. but you rent cabins like that's the big cash cow down there everybody goes down there and stays in a cabin but now it's been tainted with the fact yeah. that people are hiding hidden cameras <laughs> they, in these cabins probably said not the like, best word for that like yeah, like the <laughs> the SD cards were very easy to get to like. Yeah, I don't like it was. It, wow. it would have been. They could have changed out the batteries and the SD cards in them very quickly because yeah. of how how easily they were uh, hidden or, or whatever. Like uh-huh. so, whoever was coming in to either like clean the place or I guess maybe even the owners, whoever it was, man, was just now. See, well, for me, it doesn't bug me. Like if, no, somebody, yeah, if this, somebody wants to get their jollies yeah, off is, of seeing old Keith yeah, Keith, then I'm who am I to deprive them of that joy? That's like, true. If I can bring a little bit of light into somebody's life that way, that's fine. But then talk about my family, then yeah. that's a different story. That really, I, I mean, they just really got this video of you and your kid wrestling. You sent that to <laughs> yeah, us, right? Yeah. You guys just doing wrestling moves. Yeah, he pulled the SD card out, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, that was good footage." <laughs> I will tell you. I mean, the times that we've gone, of course, we've had Logan and everything, so. We're not going down there for like romantic reasons right. or anything, but I knew I do know people do that. Mm. So if they watched ours, all it was was uh, us playing with our kid, watching movies, eating pizza, and me snoring at a decibel level <laughs> that is just and awful. A pizza coma, which doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, because I've got my CPAP machine. Look at Woo! you, buddy. No tell, big. Tell everybody how many times you stopped breathing in the middle of the night. Thirteen point two times an hour. That's incredible. <laughs> Hang on, I thought it was per night. No, no, per no hour. that is Listen, per I, hour. I don't think I could do that intentionally. I, so if you just hold your breath, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, yeah, and it's a uh, you get a they they put something on your phone like a little app, and then next day you can look at it. And like the first night, I had all these obstructions, uh, and like the pathways weren't clear, but it's gone down like the whole time that I've been doing it. So. Um, it's getting better. How, how long have you been on the CPAP? It's uh, t- two and a half weeks. How do you feel? I feel better. I'm still just, I, I think if we, if we didn't have a newborn right now, I would probably feel more like Had refreshed, used, Yeah. you know, yeah. but I'm just, he's still. So you're still getting woken up in yeah, the night. So yeah. I see. Yeah. Cause if, if she has to wake up to feed. There's no way she's going to let me stay asleep. <laughs> I mean, I feel the, the hit on my face like he's awake and I'm just to sit there. It's like, well, this seems like it's all you. I really don't think I'm involved in this. But Moral support. Let me yeah. get that door for you. <laughs> so, yeah, she just sits up in bed, turns on the light. We're in this together. Yeah. That's mm. but whatever. So, <laughs> well, hey, we got a guest. We do. I'm excited. I am too. So this is going to be a first for the Big Boy Pants podcast because we are taking a little bit. Uh, we're dipping our toe, mm-hmm. as it were, uh, a little, just a little taste 
of uh, of politics. We're gonna put our yeah. hat in that old, the old arena. We're, you're throwing your hat in? No, no, we're well, jumping wait, in the Josh arena has an to talk to people. Josh, what are you doing? <laughs> no, my wife is totally against that. Okay, uh, she made me get off the HOA <laughs> in our neighborhood, so I don't think it's gonna work out for me. I yeah. put I put Robbie on the HOA. They were because the, for the secretary, they needed somebody, and nobody was raising their hand. And they were like, it would be great if we had somebody that had accounting experience. And Robbie looked at me and my eyes just got wide. And I just go, well, Robbie's got it. (laughs) She's an accountant. And And she just. And that's why Carrie has to get up every night. (laughs) (laughs) Totally worth it. Josh, wasn't there a point in time where you were considering running for city council? I, uh, yes, I was. Yeah. And my wife said, no, Yeah. no, 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 But that's something that's in you. you I I would love to do that. Yeah. You've got that in you. So this guest is right up your alley. This is, this show is right up your alley. This is going to be fun for me. I'm going to, I'm going to live vicariously through him for a little while. Okay. All right. And, And 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 then when he goes to D.C., I'm going to really, <laughs> I'm going to say, I knew that guy. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead and introduce him here, Carrie? All right. Well, this is a person I've known for about four years now, uh, ever since I've become, gone into real estate, really. Uh, a good dude. He's He's been there as uh, kind of a mentor to me for a little bit and then helped me with, um, he, he's, he's a jack of all trades and you're going to understand that. Very smart person um, running for the U.S. representative of, of Oklahoma District 4. And here he is. Trevor Sipes, everybody. Hello. Thank you. Welcome to the Big Boy Pants Podcast. Trevor, are you kin to uh, Nicole Sipes? I am not. Okay, never mind then. Forget I said anything. (laughs) Never (laughs) hit that. However, I am the president of an HOA. Hey, Hey, so he's already got. I did six years on our last neighborhood, and we moved in this new one. She was like, no. No, you 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 can pay the dues, but you ain't. So (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of throwing in exactly like Robbie was. Yeah, good for uh, you. At a meeting, and they said... I don't want to do this anymore, Trevor. You want to be president? I said, uh, sure. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Hey, right? there, there's no sure. better way to tip your toe into politics than <laughs> getting HOA. on the HOA. <laughs> do you? My mom is the president of her HOA, and she gets uh, neighbors knocking on her door. Oh yeah, all the time. Is that same with you? Oh yeah, knocking on the door, phone calls. Yeah, you know, some people love everything you do. Some people hate everything you do. Yeah. So it's a very good. Uh, good way to understand yeah just people in general if you away. take a na- if you take a neighborhood right you take the demographic from a neighborhood those percentages are likely to be reflected in a state i would think like just Depending on the, on the size of the neighborhood i would say yeah yeah I, I would say our hoa is as close to the dc government as you can get because they've been in there now a year and their main thing because the hills the people that uh, built our addition at the very end of it, with any dues that we had, they put in like this really nice road, like that yeah. leads to everything. I've you've seen, you've seen the road; I've it's really it. nice. So they did that, and they put in a big portion of money for it to be done. Now we just have to maintain it. Except the last thing they were like, "We're giving this to you to do because it's going to be your addition now. We're not involved in it. We want you guys to pick the sign and put the sign out there." And this was a year ago that we were they were putting in place. Not we, um, Robbie. The vice president, the president. <laughs> Guess what that sign looks like? Same. There's nothing there because oh, oh, no good. one can figure out like what the <laughs> sign's going to do. I, all I can figure, and every year we're supposed to go like the president's supposed to leave, vice president becomes president, secretary becomes vice president, and you bring in a new secretary. They had an email like months ago that was like, "We're going to keep nothing like, changes, nothing changes," <laughs> and it's just like it's you don't know Star Wars, but it's like Emperor Palpatine came out and he's like, "Hey, we're in a wartime, so I'm going to stay emperor," and 
they didn't have any more government. Government. <laughs> just nod your head, Josh. Yeah, yes. Just nod your yeah. head and say it. So Sounds that's about how, right. That's how I feel it is. I'm just like, <laughs> so I asked Robbie, I was like, so you're just a part of this forever? She's like, I'm getting out. Forever. I've got to get out of it. You got to move. You're going to have to move. We're going to have to put our house in there. Yeah, Trevor, he's going to have to move. <laughs> so Trevor, I, I need as, a realtor. as um, the HOA president, yes. if, if you want to step down from that position, but no one volunteers to do it, what happens? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to work on getting more people actually involved in it to begin with. Right. So problem is a lot of people aren't in for that type of I can tell you what happens. I would say. I see. Now, you, do you have a management company? We do not. Okay. No, we that had would a, be the next step. We had a man, management company that managed our money and all that stuff, paid our bills. We would, if no one stepped up, then we would have to pay them to be our board of directors. Correct. For the neighborhood. So hmm. you would have to pay somebody to be that. So that would that would mean extra dues every year? Uh, well, it would come out of the dues that your yeah. people are paying, so you'd I have see. less money to to do the to things. do your common areas to do the stuff. dues. Yeah, right. and in that situation, when I took over the HOA that I'm currently in, we were five to six thousand dollars in the hole. Yeah, oh. and now we're sitting around twenty thousand plus. <clears throat> oh, there you go. So <laughs> we actually hey. have the money to do it now. But you, you got my it, vote. You got my vote. <laughs> just like just like that. The I mean, proof, guys, the we, proof is in the pudding. We'd like to thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> so did these mics drop at all, or are they just <laughs> they, they, stuck here? So. Yeah, don't drop the mic or hit it. Keith will give you a dirty <laughs> oh, look. Oh man, Listen, I don't I don't understand politics, but I do understand cold hard cash. <laughs> exactly. All right, so you and, throw those numbers at me, man. I'm 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 looking your way. That's why he's wearing a green shirt. He's all about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> Oh man! So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, Trevor. Okay, so I uh, went to school, Southwestern Oklahoma State University. Got a uh, pharmacy degree. Came out of pharmacy school pretty much immediately into uh, managing pharmacies throughout the Yukon area first. Ah. Then quickly started getting promotions. Then I ended up after about 26 years old, I took over a big district in South Texas or North Texas, so south of us, North Texas, and. Ran roughly about 25 stores throughout Frisco, McKinney, Allen, all the way hmm. out into small towns. Are we talking major pharmacies? We yes. Talking? Yeah, one of the okay. biggest pharmacies in the country. Got it. And then after a few years there, moved back up to Oklahoma, took over everything in the southern state, southern region of Oklahoma. So down to Lawton, Ardmore, Chickasha, all the way up to Oklahoma City in the southwest, uh, southwest area. Okay. And after that... It was time for me to take my break. So I saw some of what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to climb the ladder, wanted to do a little bit more when it came to corporate management until okay. I saw what that actually looked like. Can I ask you a question? Yes, here? sir. So did you transition from appointment? I mean, if you had your, obviously you were a pharmacist at that time. Mm -hmm. Did you, when you started to, to move up in that organization, were you then more management uh, because you said you were in charge of all these different stores mm -hmm. and things. So was it more of a managerial type of a thing, or were you still doing the pharmacy day-to-day -day kind of things? Both. Both. So okay. mostly it was a district management position where I helped manage, teach, train stores, um, de dealt deals with different PBMs, different things like that. actually saw a little bit more of pharmacy from a perspective of the upper management side, and okay. then still worked in the stores from time to time, actually did what I did. And then once I got to a point that I felt like that was kind of done. Mm -hmm. I went back into actual pharmacy management into an actual one actual pharmacy. Another question for you here and feel free not to answer this. Yes. Here we feel go. Free here we go. We love it when Keith does uh, this. Know, right? <laughs> feel free <laughs> to remain completely anonymous in this just not answer. Anonymous. Yeah, this is anonymous. Anonymous, yeah. anonymous. We won't tell you. <laughs> Whatever the term is. Um, have you ever filled a celebrity's prescription? Yes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm telling you, okay. this is our guy. Now, see, 
<laughs> now Keith wants we... to know what it was and who it was. <laughs> no, 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 I got it. I have a guess. Was it was it Barry Switzer and was it Viagra? <laughs> it was not. Okay, okay. All right. Oh. Uh, all right. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. I digress. Oh, digress. Barry. <laughs> Yeah. Could you just see that twinkle in his eye still? And you know that's not natural. I'm, gonna, I'm you know, as an OU fan, I, I assume there's no need for that for for old Bear. For old Bear. <laughs> no. no, he's a he's a national champion and a Super Bowl champion. That's true. That's he's true. a goat here in the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> no, no yeah. doubt. So, from that perspective, I started seeing new things when I got back in the store. We started having a lot of issues with the opiate crisis starting, and that's become obviously a big topic today. But yeah. You know, go back about six, seven years. That was just kind of a new thing. People were starting to talk about it. We're starting to see it a lot more. It started becoming a very hot topic for the upper management at the time in a lot of pharmacies. And they didn't like the pharmacists had the discretion to say no to certain things. Okay. So that is one of my biggest passions. Did did the opioid crisis have as big of an impact in the state of Oklahoma as, you know, obviously Florida is the place everybody thinks about when they think about it. And there's a lot of places... Mm -hmm on the East Coast that seem to be really affected by it. But did Oklahoma suffer? Yes. Oklahoma's had a lot of doctors who have actually been um, put in jail okay. because of it. So they've made a lot of moves in the right direction. So the Oklahoma's also now attacked Johnson & Johnson, different companies, and actually won quite a few different cases against some of the com- companies that have been manufacturing these. Okay. So they are making the right moves in some situations. And then in some situations, it seems like it just falls stagnant. Yeah. And so, in your opinion, do you think the pharmaceutical companies are to blame, have a little bit of blame in it? A little bit of blame, yes. All the okay. blame, no. Okay. So, the pharmacy, the, the pharmaceutical companies definitely have ads that are targeted to different people. They've been pulled back on that. There's been a lot of what I would say, I guess, drug rep type people that would help doctors make decisions. And then doctors would then, of course, make those decisions. So whether or not they are 100% to blame for the crisis, I would say no. I mean, there's a lot of people involved there from pharmaceutical companies to the reps, to the doctors, to the pharmacies, to the patients themselves. Are the drug reps like encouraging the doctors? Just pushing it. Pushing it in this direction so that they're in turn getting an incentive for the sales of it? Essentially, yes. Now, a lot of rules have been put in place to drug reps as well over the years. So not just for the opiates, but it also for every type of medication. Yeah. You know, it used to be a really nice fill to be in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So, so when you get into, you're you're your pharmacist, and then you become yourself a a small business owner too. So you you've, you've you've seen like you've run the gambit of it as you were going from the top of a pharmacy. What made you decide to to get into where like where you're in now? I'm a really big nerd. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, I like learning as much as I can. So. Yeah. Um, at one point while I was in pharmacy, uh, my wife talked to me and she said, you know, you've talked about real estate, you've talked about these things. So why don't you go ahead and get your real estate license and see what you can do with that? So mm-hmm. went off, got my real estate license, um, eventually told her to get her real estate license so we can go through there, got my home inspector license so I could actually learn as much as I could possibly about this. I want to, I want to jump in real quick. So yeah. when I first got my, uh, license, I was working for a place called Bold. It's, it's no longer there's they're under someone else's umbrella but that's when i first met trevor trevor came in because uh they'll, they'll bring people in like inspectors and everybody they'll talk to you and say hey this is why i'd be a good inspector for you and one of the things he's talking about being a pharmacist and how he's a realtor and he said 
a lot of the inspectors were just scaring my clients and really not doing anything right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my inspector's license and I'm going to be an inspector. And I was like, that that's freaking amazing because now I'm just <laughs> sitting here like I could never do it. You know, I just have to deal with what these inspectors do. And then when I used him, he went through it like so like every point with any client that I used, I send to him, he would call them and be like, this is on this page. This is what it is. The reason I'm, I flagged it like this, it's not that big of a deal, but this is going to be a big deal in like five to seven years. And it was so easy to get to the closing table with that than, than what, what I've, I've had with some, with some others. There, there's a couple I use now, Core Home Inspections. That's a really good one too. Billy Clark, who goes yeah. to the bridge, he's another one that, that's like that. But, but Trevor was the first foray into inspectors that I saw that really – went out of their way to, to help the client. So and that's always been important to me. And that's one of the reasons I got into pharmacy to begin with was actually like helping. One of the things about real estate is I like actually helping. So the goal has always been, what can I do? Where can I go to actually feel like I'm doing something, somebody some justice. So even running the brokerage and doing what I can for agents, the goal was how can I take agents who know what they're doing and help them get into a position where they're not giving you know, 20, 30, 40% of their income to some other brokerage, but yet still feel like they get enough information out of the situation so that way they can do what they need to do. And they always feel like they have that, uh, that little push that they need. Mm-hmm. So my goal in even into running at this point is I want to see what I can do to actually help. So I'm a firm believer that kind of like you said earlier with the, with the HOA um, <laughs> idea, <laughs> sometimes people get a little stagnant Mm-hmm. when they're actually trying to work on what they're doing. And I think what that happened, when that starts happening, then you start you start seeing a lot less happening. So fresh face, fresh things, people who actually know what they're talking about when they get there to do it, as opposed to maybe somebody who's never been in a field that they're then going to try to make law on. Mm-hmm. So so which, which um, career or business that you're in, pharmaceutical or real estate, has put you towards wanting to be to run the biggest push is uh, healthcare healthcare definitely healthcare because healthcare has been a hot topic in in government for a long time always yeah um we've had ups and downs but we've never had any actual fixes to what i feel healthcare could be we talk about drug prices i see commercials all the time that say are you seeing the new drug prices no i'm not so i don't know what you're what you're actually doing because i'm not seeing the changes in drug prices um we have Obamacare, then we have, we're going to repeal Obamacare, then we're going to just get rid of this, then we're going to do this, and nothing's been done yet because, frankly, it's a lot of lip service. We have people talking, people saying that they're going to do something, and then nothing gets done. We have the opioid crisis. We are trying to get something done as slowly as humanly possible, apparently. So we put little laws into place, we do things, but we're not adding in the counseling, we're not adding in a lot of the the, the safe holds that could be given to people who are created into addicts because a lot of the people that we talk about, they're not, they're not addicts. They're not people who are trying to get there. They're people who had knee surgeries. They're people who Mm -hmm. had to go through a a car wreck, got into a situation and then they get on an opioid and they're on an opioid forever. And then they never know how to get off. Yeah. Or there are people who, uh, whose wife had some leftover Percocets after, (laughs) after uh, a baby. And you know, I mean, I'm just not, you know, you know, a guy, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Keith, that affects you. Yeah. Drug prices. You got a child with type one diabetes. I do. I and do. Yeah. That's that's something that I worry about because um, she's nine, mm-hmm. and we've known for going on three years mm-hmm. um, that she's type one. And now we're we're lucky uh, in the sense that you know my wife's insurance is excellent. 
and then on top of that, uh, I'm also on the tribal role with mm-hmm. our um, with Citizen Potawatomi, and so healthcare for my daughter, I think in the long run she'll be safe. But there's a lot of people that that's not the case for, and the price of insulin is incredibly high, and it and, just keeps growing. Yeah, and and so I'm actually interested to know more um, about. Because the, there, there's only like three companies that manufacture insulin, right? And and how is that? It's almost like a monopoly in a way. It's like they, they can just use each other to, to just get the prices up even higher. Well, technically that is illegal, but yes, that's, uh, you know, the, the fewer companies you have that do anything, the more chances you have of having prices start skyrocketing. You yeah. look at other countries, you look at different places around the world, we have insulin prices that are falling. Um, Trump just enacted um, for Medicare, so step one where Medicare now can get insulin at $35. So that's fantastic because yeah. Medicare has definitely been a question. My parents are on Medicare. They get off, they get on, and sometimes they just have to end up using something like a discount card, discount plans, because Medicare is just too expensive for the medications. That's not the way it should be. Once you get on Medicare, you should be able to be taken care of. So sure. I love seeing that Trump actually stepped up and did something on it. So that's fantastic. For everybody else, we still need that same move, and we need to, first off, Insurance as a whole does need to be fixed. So I'm personally not a fan of Obamacare. Um, I'm one of those that because I was a a small business owner, I lost my health insurance. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost my family due to pre-existing conditions and everything, roughly $30,000 a year just to have insurance. It was a lot cheaper than I have insurance. So at that point, we... Which you got fined for. Which I got fined for the first year. Then we found a little loophole the second year. (laughs) And then finally Trump took away any sort of penalties that we had on it. So there were some benefits um, to it. But at the same time, yeah, I got got fined roughly $6,000 for not being able to afford my health care insurance. Same same boat. But no, I do think that there are a lot of moves that could be made for insulin. We do have a lot of people that need it. And without saying that we're going to be able to just give everything to everybody... There are ways of setting up a free market and actually help people start competing more with each other. Because I think you kind of hit it on the on the head there. There's a few companies that make things. Those companies then can do what they need to to get things up. There's a lot of a lot that goes into a drug price, though. And a lot of people don't realize the testing, how much it costs to get out there, how many different medications don't ever hit the market that still have to be paid for. So without understanding exactly what we're talking about when we get into actual drug prices, how is anybody ever going to make a decision on how to fix a drug price? Sure. And again, that's one of the reasons and why your question on what kind of got me in there, healthcare. Yeah. There's I mean, a there's a lot of extra things that go into it. I mean, I, insulin, of course, is the major thing, but then she's not on a pump yet, mm-hmm. but eventually she'll want to do that. You know, so then there's that's extra equipment mm-hmm. and, and things that she'd have to have every month. And then she wears one of these Dexcom right. glucose monitors. And those are gold. And yeah, and and, and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they are. They are. And so it's like, that's that's just, there's all these extra things that go along with it. Mm-hmm. And man, like you, if you look at some of the, even when insurance covers it, like if you if you look at the price of what those things are, man, it's, it's crazy. And not to get too so. deep into it, but uh, we have kids who need those medications that some in some cases can't afford them. And we're arguing in certain states and certain places about trying to give free health care to people who aren't even citizens of our country. So fix what you have first. Then we can expand out to the to the rest of it. And Preach. that's where part of our system is is badly flawed. We have to fix what we have in-house first. I mean, you can't have people on the streets who served for our country. You can't have kids going to bed without the medicine, without food and stuff like that, and then expect to actually pay for somebody who's not actually part of our country. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm pro-immigration. 
legally. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's a legal way of doing it. My, my, my family did it. I mean, my grandma came from England. She did it legally. And I think no. you're going to have a hard time finding somebody that's against legal immigration. I mean, they're, it's the Ill, what people don't get is the illegal part of illegal immigration. <laughs> and so that's what gets so frustrating with me is mm-hmm. that people just don't get it. Like, I mean, it's illegal. Right. They're, you know, they're not breaking any laws. Well, they broke a law just starting off. But that, know, just, that, just the name itself. It's right. Illegal it, immigration. It, right. So, and that's, I think, why a lot of the uh, the Democrat side, they want to stop using that particular term. Yeah. Because it's too blatant saying. It, it's banned on Twitter. You can't say illegal alien on Twitter or your tweet gets That doesn't shock me for a second. And who knows so. that we're going to start getting fact check on that now, it looks like. So. Well, there's a big one today, so I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen. And you can go down a rabbit hole on YouTube uh, just watching certain things where they put um, the director of ICE on there and they're saying, so what do these people do wrong? And he's like, and then he just goes through like the whole statute. He's like, hey, well, you know, it's never blah, 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 blah. This person can't. I mean, he just basically. Breaks it down. This person mm-hmm. came into the country illegally. Didn't do what they're supposed to. And they're like, but what's illegal about it? And he's like, <laughs> and he just kind of sits there for a second. And it's like jaywalking. I mean, it's a lesser term. Jaywalking is illegal. Correct. Now, people do it yeah. every day. And, you know, then when that person gets the ticket and they're like, why don't I just get a ticket for jaywalking? Like everybody jaywalks. And it's like, well, we had to hit, you know, now it's time to, to do something. I mean, these are these are things that are out there that... People are saying, like, this isn't illegal. At the end of the day, it is. Yeah. They could hit every person for jaywalking. It's illegal to come into the country illegally. But, I mean... It's a, it's a weird know, concept. It is. Right. You know? And, I mean, <laughs> I got a ticket for going way over the speed limit in a uh, uh, construction zone that I didn't even know was a construction zone. And I just... I was like, oh, my gosh, did I really? And they're like, yeah. And then they gave me a ticket. And all I could think of was my wife's going to be mad at me. And then I was like, well, you know, I did... I did something illegal. Yeah. So at the end of the day. Just own up to it. Yeah. I mean, I've been stopped. I've gotten tickets before. And I had one cop that actually was shocked one time because I reached over and shook his hand and said, pleasure to visit with you. Like, he's like, <laughs> he said, what? I'm like, I mean, honestly, you did great. Like, I've got no, nothing here. My dad yeah. was my dad was a cop. I was raised by, you know, police. I was raised inside the police station. I mean, that's where I worked out when I was going to high school was, uh, with cops. So 100%. You, you kind of give off kind of a police vibe. That's <laughs> you a, do. I'm catching. Is it the is it the, bald, is it the bald head? Yeah, I was going to say. Well, yeah. you know, I didn't want to come out and say, didn't come out and say the bald head, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, since I don't have the mustache. You know, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, so there's a, a one of the things that um, I wanted to get into was just kind of I, I know that Keith wants to get into a little more medical stuff. You wanted to talk about coronavirus and everything here in a second. One thing I wanted to get out there was since you said, since we started talking about social media for a second, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the where social media is today. We had a conversation the other day. Social media should be a great, a great thing, but it feels like one side is saying that they're getting, um, you know, conspired against Mm -hmm. while another side is saying that's not true. This isn't how it is. And then there's an executive order today that's going to go against regulations against it. So, so where do you feel about social media? Well, I, as somebody who just had a post torn down, what, Four days ago now. Oh, really? Um, post literally just about how uh, Dr. Fauci, who's uh-huh. become crazy famous right now, he made a comment that if we stay locked down any longer, it's going to cause irreparable damages to our country. Yeah. So no doubt, we nobody can deny that. So now that Fauci has come out saying that, I just speculated that just wait and, wait and see. Now Trump's going to soon get blamed for the irreparable damages to our yeah. country from the economy falling. 
So that was up. I got two comments on it. I was literally in the process of trying to comment on it, and all of a sudden it was gone. Said that there was nothing there anymore. Was this on Twitter or? This was on Facebook. Facebook, okay. This was on Facebook. So seeing that and then going through other Facebook friends that I have, I mean, people, I had uh, one Facebook friend. He got one taken down for a joke about an eraser dying every time you make a mistake. Dying a little bit. I'm like, that's really, what? it went against community <laughs> standards. There was another one I just saw today that was literally just a flag hanging off the side of a, of a house, and it went against community standards. The American flag? The American flag. The, the, is... the picture, you could see it through the, uh, the black inside that they had on there. It literally was just a picture of the American flag hanging off the side of a house, and it had to get taken down. So what happened today, well, obviously, like you said, with um, Trump making an executive order, people are going back and forth on that now. It wasn't really that big of an executive order when mm -hmm. it comes to what they're saying. He's not trying to stop Twitter from talking. But what happened was, I think it was 1996, there was uh, the Communication Decency Act. And that basically gave tech companies the ability to be a neutral platform that could not get sued for content posted by other people. So, like, if you get on Facebook and you post your wild, crazy ideas, mm -hmm. Facebook can't get sued for your ideas. Likewise, a news company can. So if you go to CNN, Fox, MSNBC, any of these people, they can get sued by people for their perspective, their you know stories, what can be done, which is why you see on op-eds and things like that. At the bottom, they have those disclaimers. Yeah. This is not the feelings of this channel, of this, you know, whatever. So if you're going to start seeing tech companies get more and more into politics and start censoring certain groups of people, then they lose that right mm -hmm. to not get sued anymore. And that's where Trump's moving on. It is there's going to be the ability for people to turn in companies when the, like if I get something taken down because of my personal views, then I could then submit a form, get it investigated to see if Facebook or Twitter or YouTube did that to me out of their own bias. Mm -hmm. So that's really where we are today with with the executive order. It's not Trump whining or whatever yeah. people are trying to say that he got called out. I mean, he made a post about mail-in votes that a lot of people believe. I'm one of those who believes that the more mail-in votes you get, the more chance you have of fraud. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. now Twitter's going to say that that's completely <clears throat> false. Really? That's a, that, that's, a, that's a guess at best. So mm -hmm. Trump makes a comment and they're saying, well, because he's powerful, he can't make a comment like that. He, he, still, has, he still has the rights. We all have the rights to say what yeah. we want to say. So... Yeah, and, and seeing things like that, and you'll see them in other states where um, I know today uh, the press secretary was kind of hit on certain things, like she has absentee value or um, ballots. But in California, any of the, anyone that was on the roll because they didn't change the way the registration roll was, like if Carrie Shuck died five years ago and now they're going to start sending them out, they didn't change the roll. So the last address they had for Carrie Shuck gets that ballot. And so whoever's living there, it could be Keith lives there now. Well, Keith still, because that's his address, gets that, and he gets Carrie Shucks. I mean, it's yeah, there, it's it, a, it, 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 it is a and it is an issue. And also, I can't see how it's not an issue for the other side because if that gets sent to like the wrong place, like a you know, a, a fully Republican place, like like let's just say like Austin's a place that's becoming more of a purple place because there's more Democrats that moved to Austin, and before it was kind of a red state. Well, if you're going to send to dead people, well, there were a lot of red dead people there. Right. So now they can take over yeah. that and those people can sign and duplicate. Mm -hmm. So now that state goes from, or that, that part of the area goes from purple 
to probably red again. And so I don't see how both sides don't see that it's not a good issue. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm going to the polls. I'm yeah. Out. Honestly, I, I kind of like the act of it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Oh, yeah. just, just going in, standing in line, setting up there and actually filling up my little boxes yeah. there, knowing that on that day you get your sticker. I mean, I, I just feel good about it. Like yeah. People, you know, pro, I, people I, post hey, that I, sticker all the time. Like, I love that sticker. Yeah, I, I pick out the right shirt. There you go. <laughs> there you, go. Right? you know, I'm gonna let you know who I'm voting for. Oh, yeah. the, the last time, the last time I went, um, I took my son with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he just he walked up there with me as we did it, and he felt like he was we were really doing something important. Mm-hmm. And he and who so did he vote for? Because you got that absentee value ballot. I'm just kidding. He went and got his neighbors out of the mailbox. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that's awesome. Like he needs to know that it's just something important that he's doing because a lot of kids, a lot of people don't. I mean, heck, a lot of adults don't. Yeah. And that's one of the other issues with the mail-in ballots. And if you ever want to look up uh, ballot harvesting is another thing that actually does happen. It's people who have never voted. So we consistently see that they don't vote and yet somehow they start voting all of a sudden. And yeah. it, it happens. It's going to continue to happen. It's going to happen more if you have a state mailing to every single voter yeah. out there. So there's a lot of people who don't vote because they just don't want to vote. So should they get a, should yeah, they get the ballot? And you'd have to think too about households who maybe have like 18, 19, 20 year old children yeah. that maybe aren't living at home, but they still have that address mm-hmm. as their mailing address. You know, then they're then you know you've got all these different. Listen, you get to go to the ballot. You get to think a veteran. You get to meet a veteran. Oh yeah, and that's a that's a huge part of voting right mm-hmm. there. Get my, you a sticker and meet you a veteran. My grandpa worked at the uh, polling place as long as I can remember. So I, I would go up there as a kid also, see him up there. And he loved it. He was out there every morning, you know, when it came down time. So to me, it was just a known thing. Yeah. He was there. You just did it. And since getting into real estate, I try to do different different things. Robbie and I, um, almost four years ago, uh, <laughs> the, the election was... Uh, was crazy mm-hmm. getting to it. So we had put we had put these little bags together with like my card wrapped around and then like uh, kisses and hugs, like the Hershey kisses and yep. hugs. And we had put on the back of the card, it's like in this election season, it's been pretty rough, so you deserve a hug. And I just was out there passing them out like after, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. after we voted. And then I went to another polling station, did it there. Not one person called me. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, there were... I can't tell you how many people like I hand it to them because they thought they probably thought I'm I'm hey you should have voted for Trump or hey you should have voted for Hillary I don't know what you did you know whatever they probably thought it was something bad but as they look at it and read it almost everyone turned around and like smiled and was like that's pretty good you know <laughs> and it, you know so that made me feel good just doing that yeah. the whole day can I Trevor can I ask you a question here um, sure so uh, there's some more specific topics I think that we're gonna get in into uh, with you here shortly, but just so that I can maybe have a better understanding of what you're trying to, to accomplish. Um, so tell me again what the position is that you're, that you're going to be running for, and then ultimately what, what are the things that you would be able to, to impact okay. uh, in that regard? So I'm running for uh, U.S. House of Representatives in Oklahoma District 4. So Oklahoma District 4 is essentially Midwest City, Moore, Mustang, and then down to Chickasha, Lawton, Ardmore, Purcell, Norman, you know, the whole big area. And that gets into the House of Representatives. Um, House of Representatives and the Senate make up the Congress. So the House of Representatives is the House that, I don't want to say starts all the bills, but there's, you know, as we see with Nancy Pelosi, we see what goes on in the House. And you start writing bills, sponsor bills, co-sponsor bills, get things in, make the votes, try to actually impact the 
lawmaking process at the beginning. Then you have the Senate, which everything goes to after the House. Then it goes to the President after that. From the Senate, it could go back to the House if the Senate changes it in any way, tries to do a compromise, tries to vote. A lot of bills end up dead on the floor. They can't make anything pass. And one of the things that people talk about all these, you know, a lot right now are who is in charge of the House or the Senate at any time. So right now, the Democrats hold the House. The Republicans hold the Senate, and then obviously the Republicans hold the presidency. So these bills that, that are getting passed, and, and forgive me because, I, like I said, I'm com- completely unpolitical, yep. and um, I don't remember what I what grade I made in, in government in high school, but I'm sure it was not <laughs> very good. Do you remember the schoolhouse rocks? Like, I know it's got to play right here. It's like, what's a bill? And then it's like the bill sitting I'm on I'm an amendment to be, yes, an amendment to be. See, you know. You oh, know it. I remember that. Um, so these these. Law, I guess these bills are the things that you're trying to get passed. Are these things that ultimately affect the country, or are they things that affect the state? There is all different things that could be put into those. So you can have things that affect the country, and then you can have bills that are passed through the House representatives that do something like name a post office in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Okay. So an entire bill gets written. Goes through, gets attached to something else. They vote on it. They say yes, and all of a sudden, there's a who who all is voting on something that would affect us like locally. That's a really weighted question. So you have anything. <laughs> I'm that, sorry. Any, anything that goes through the House representatives federally mm-hmm. will affect anybody that that's affecting at that at that time. But then you have the state house. You have the state senates. Okay. Um, you even have city councils. You have things like that. So depending on what the situation is and what the ah. what the need is at that time. So somebody in D.C can write a bill that is small enough to affect one spot in Oklahoma, okay. or they can write a bill that will affect all Americans across the board. So I there see. is no limit on what the bill can actually do. Okay. So all all, all across the board. All across yeah. the board. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, Keith, I see I see the wheels. They're turning, man. They're turning. Man, you're, you're, before we you're know it, there, he's going to be on the HOA in that new neighborhood. <laughs> and then... He's like, Mom, give me some tips, because I, I, I think I, I'm going to do this. Let me let me run this by you. I had a brief stint in wanting to get something accomplished on a local level here in Mustang. Can okay. I can I run this by you? And sure. I th- I'm, I am loving this. Keith is going deep into politics right here. <laughs> it's like and if, I'm loving every minute of it. It's like if you would just watch Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, how the, we would and feel. this is how you get. I know how you guys would feel if I watched Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. I don't right. I don't know if I've shared this with you guys before. I feel like maybe I have. Um, so when we found out that our daughter had diabetes, mm-hmm. we get overloaded with information on this is you know. Just information overload altogether, but something that I felt like I could I could actually make an impact with was the disposal of the needles. Okay, okay. so they have you have sharps containers. Mm-hmm. You guys have probably seen these in bathrooms and places. Yep. They're sharps containers. Okay, so they sent us home with sharps containers from our first meeting that we had with the endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. And before we knew it, because of all the insulin and, and the syringes and, and all the needle tips and everything, it was full. The sharps container was full. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I'm like, can I just throw this in the garbage? What, you know, do I, is there a special protocol I need to do? I remember you texting us yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. You're so, like, what do we do? Yeah, and, and so I call, um, I call the city of Mustang and I talk to somebody in utilities and I ask them, hey, am I allowed to just throw this in the garbage? They don't know. They say, um, why don't you call the, um, call someone at the fire department? which I thought was strange, but I said, okay, let's do that. I called the fire department. I asked them. They say, well, why don't you call uh, the pharmacy? So I called Walgreens, 
and talk to Walgreens. And I thought, surely at some point in this line, somebody has had this question before, what do I do with a Sharps container? Uh, people at Walgreens, they asked around, no, they didn't know. They said, why don't you call the hospital in town? <laughs> so I called the hospital in town because they're like, well, maybe you can just take it up there. Maybe they have a bin that you can put it in. And I talked to the hospital. Hospital, they don't know either. <laughs> and so then I'm kind of in a position where it's like, okay, um, I'm just Googling it now. Like, what do I do with it? And I don't know that this is even official, but what I was able to find was that you take your Sharps container, and if it has the proper closures, you know, like because on the Sharps containers, once you close them completely, they can't be reopened, that if they're like that, then you can just throw them away. And then they're also suggesting, and this is what we've actually been doing for the last several years, is we we put all the Sharps into a empty like laundry detergent bottle, and then once it's full, we close it up, and I duct tape it, and then I write, sharps all over it like with a marker and then throw it away but to get back to what i was trying to accomplish was i felt like through me going through that there's got to be a lot of people out there that are using needles you know medically obviously that don't know what they're supposed to do with these needles and they're probably just throwing them in the trash and so this leads to sanitation workers being at risk of getting stuck with a needle and then so the and so there's a problem because like, if nobody could answer my question, being new to the whole world of insulin and diabetes, there's got to be a lot of people. And so I call my dad, who's diabetic. I call him. I was like, Dad, what do you do with your needles? He's like, I just throw them away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, I throw them in a drowning. Yeah. Put them in a container. <laughs> yeah, he just throws them. And so, and so <clears throat> what, I, what I was trying to do, and I, I really did, I reached out to a lot of people. I talked to a lot of people that, that, I, that I associate with. Like I talked to family members and things. And I asked, you know, is this something I should try and do? Should I try and get some kind of a program, maybe on a city level, or the city of Mustang, to, you know, maybe maybe they can somehow get uh, some kind of a contract with somebody who provides Sharps containers and distributes them to the people who need them, like needs to have a Sharps container in their house, and then specifies to them, like, because I think some of the Sharps containers, once they're full, you can put them in a box that's like a, it's got a prepaid right. postage thing on it. So you box it up and send it and they dispose of it. Mm. So it's like if somebody, if there's a program that the city was doing that supplied those Sharps containers to people that needed them, and like so they didn't have to pay for them. But, I mean, in, in turn, the city's benefiting because they're not having these people throw their needles in the trash anymore. I, I really did consider doing something about it, but at some point I lost interest. Hey, I just had a thought. <laughs> you know who might know how to get rid of some biohazard? Who's that? Is that funeral home right down the street. <laughs> That's a good point. I guarantee you they know yeah. <laughs> how to get rid of that stuff. That's a good point. That's a so. good point. Maybe that's where you need to start. But that's that's the and that's relatively recently. But that's the one time that I felt like because I even went as far as to investigate who my uh, district uh, city council member was and uh, started to consider what do I need to do to contact this person. Um, and then my cousin who works for a TV station in Texas, he suggested that I contact like the local newspaper because he said newspapers love that kind of story, like they eat that stuff up. Um, but I didn't do it. So. Let's do it. Should I revisit that? Let's do it. Possibly. I mean, there's really no perfect answer to it. The The best answer I can say is throwing them in the trash is probably one of the worst things I could the think worst of. Worst things, yeah. Um, and my first thought is once it gets to the dump, then they have the big tractors that roll over them that smashes everything, and then all of a sudden you have needles out, and then right. I'm that guy that takes things to the dump, and I jump off the bed of a truck, and then all yeah. of a sudden yeah. it's in my foot. Um In pharmacies, they, like you said, they get mailed off, so they come in boxes, they have people to take them, things like that. But I've heard that question a hundred times and I've said the same thing, honestly. 
maybe the fire. I mean, I, I have seen fire departments in the past that do take it, so that's why some of them will, will say that, but will, not the, all of them will. Yeah, the um, when I got to the, I, I feel like at some point talking to the fire department, they may have connected me over to the police department, mm-hmm. and the police department was telling me that they will take um, prescription medicine mm-hmm. that's like that you need to dispose of. They will yeah. take that stuff. I bet they will. But they, yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, little extra evidence. Yeah, uh, in case. bring it in the back door. <laughs> Be quiet. Yeah, but um, but they they didn't know what to do about the sharps containers. So let's do it anyway. I, I feel like if. If you, uh, you're, you're going to get his vote if you just figure something out with the sharps. <laughs> I, I think that's give, where we're at right if now. If you just give him a suggestion right now. <laughs> you might you might win Keith with just a I think, suggestion. I think, I think, because that's, that's more of a, that would be something, a, a community type thing that yeah. I could see getting behind. Yeah. And like if, and I feel like my kids could get a lot of, like you'd be proud of me if I was able to accomplish that because they could see that I was able to do that. The Heron Act. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it. Like the city of Mustang had some kind of a contract with whatever company provides these sharps containers. Co- yeah. And like we get, even if it's a small amount, get 100 a month or mm-hmm. whatever. And then you can sign up. Like so we put it out in the newspaper or whatever. Like you can sign up for this if you need it. And then it gets taken to you and then disposed of. We can put a drop-off site at the fire department. I mean, if that's what everybody's thinking. Yeah. You know, take there the fire go. department. Trevor? Man. Yeah. Oh, so man. he just said run with I'm it. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> when he, we give Keith 10 more Platform. minutes, he's going to be on a ballot somewhere well, next year. <laughs> I, 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 feel, I feel he's like, so So what What? what website did you go to to, to so get to run for this? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm surprised I remembered all that because I, I, it's been so long since I I remember I talking about it. About it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've got like oil from three or four years ago from my truck that's sitting on <laughs> yeah. top of a shelf because yeah. I'm like, I don't think you can just throw this away. <laughs> no, yeah. take that to my dad and he'll just dump it down the fence line because that's all my dad ever did with oil. Yeah, and I, I mean, I seriously like went out there. Robbie's like, "What's all?" That? I'm like, "Don't touch that that big jar up there. I don't know what to do with it." I so. honestly was in a house this morning. Went to the backyard to shoot the backyard of it. Um, Photograph, photograph, yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the manhole in the backyard, a guy who lived there had a funnel straight into the straight into the in the manhole. Oh yeah, with the sanitary manhole. I'm just really um, so like yeah, I don't think that's supposed to be there. So, yeah. so good for you for holding on to that for forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you do with it? You when just, we move, I mean, I'm just like what, you well, can give that to me. It's going with me. Give it to me. I'll take it to work. They okay. got people that come take used oil on a daily basis up there. Cool. A big old truck comes, pumps it out. You got it. So, Cheers. I'll take it. And and you can get this uh, dent out of my truck and we'll call yeah, it even. Yeah, which one? <laughs> which one? I've, I've seen it here lately. Yeah. I've, it's it, Logan the other day was just hitting it. And I <laughs> just was like, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, it's That's a so. truck. Yeah. You got to let it get some dings. Yeah. But then when you walk out and you got all that salt on the side after it snowed. Oh, yeah. And your daughter's writing her name in the side of your truck. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> And take yeah. a little bit more pride in that truck. <laughs> yeah. So, so Trevor, who is the current um, representative for the district that you're running for? Uh, Tom Cole. Tom Cole. That name sounds familiar. Tom Cole was an Oklahoma did, name, right there. Did Tom Cole used to go to elementary schools and impersonate Elvis? I believe no, but okay. he may have. I okay. mean, okay. honestly, I don't know that <laughs> much did of you, his history. Did, so. No, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, oh he's having flashbacks Ron, right now. Ron Cole. Ron Cole. Ron Cole. Ron Cole. <laughs> yeah, Tom's I mean, brother. Ron Cole <laughs> in Shawnee, Oklahoma. There's a guy named Ron Cole <laughs> oh, gosh. who would come and, to elementary schools and he would do a thing. He would do a little act where he'd sing. It's like a you know, it's like an assembly, 
And uh, at one point in there, he was doing an Elvis thing. And I remember it because I bought a autographed picture of him <laughs> in the fourth grade. Now, did he own a burger place in Yukon? I don't think Y'all so. Y'all remember that? Oh, I, That's I, a guy I, that was stuffing the opioids in a burger and oh, selling them. Oh, I do was remember that. that Elvis? Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> was it? I don't want to say what it was because I want to call out the wrong name. Right. Yeah. I do recall it was a fried onion burger place. Yeah. That was, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I know I know the place, and I remember hearing that story. I'm like, really? Yeah. He, he'd serve right. burgers out the back door full of, <laughs> full of the opioids. Oh, yeah. Huh. You know, well. if you wanted to, uh, speaking of Shawnee America, uh, back in the day, I don't don't ask me how I know this, but if you wanted to get a dime bag of weed at the Taco Mayo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> at the Taco Mayo, you had to order a bean burrito with no cheese. That was the oh, don't ask me. And just don't comment, that is Keith talking right <laughs> now? Yeah, that is yeah, Keith talking. The person right for you no. as representative. Now, here. if you went into the Sabaro, Sabaro. Yeah, in Shawnee, Oklahoma, ordered a cheese pizza, no cheese. Yeah, that's what you got. Then you're just crazy. No, all you get with that is diarrhea. So, so going back, let's do it. Let's let's go our back. U.S. representative, Josh, do you have anything that's bi- you're you're big into politics? Is there anything? I'm not big into politics. Oh I, li- I like goodness. to have conversations now and then. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things in politics I'd like to talk about. Joe Biden is one I'd like to talk about right now. What are your thoughts on Joe Bri- Joe Biden? running for president how, how long is this show now yeah I mean, man just i really don't know me, like like <laughs> well, there, there's been an obvious decline from when he was vice president to where he's now correct and honestly Middle. seeing seeing the videos of his lack of just understanding of what he's even saying yeah is disturbing to say the least very and disturbing i'll say you know not a not a Biden supporter by any means, but I can agree with some people in the fact that as as a seventy six year old man, I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, like, yeah, it seems like he's being pushed into something and the stress can't handle it. But then I re- reset myself and I'm like, well, the stress of being the president's going to be a heck of a lot so worse, worse than this. So if he can't handle even running from his basement, yeah, how is he ever going to put together anything in office? Man, it's crazy, and it's it's concerning. It's scary but then again i watched all the democrat debates and i don't know what else they could have had up there i yeah. mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see kinda, how he actually do this once he starts getting out of his cave you know it's, it's kind of like the republicans what 10 years ago or whatever <laughs> where you're just like man yeah that's the best we're gonna come up with yeah i mean and, it went, when mitt romney got the nomination i was i'd worked um at fox 25 at the time yeah and when this was all gonna happen and as soon as he got it I was telling somebody, I was like, well, that's another four years for Obama. I mean, right oh, away. Right. I mean, absolutely. Like, I sat there and just looked at this guy and was like, I don't even know if he'll carry a state. I'm, I'm not sure. But then he comes out and he makes little gaffes that they're, they easily jump on. And then he was out of the race. Well, as you see how he's acting these days, uh, yeah. maybe that's what he wanted was four more years of Obama. I and, mean, it could, and it could be. And, but that's the, and that's another thing when you get into the whole Joe Biden thing. I honestly 100%. And I'm not trying to be this conspiracy theorist person. There's a lot of stuff I watch, but I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I think that that at at some point, since they're going to have a special, you know, DNC convention, I think that they put somebody else in and another running mate, and I think that's who it's going to be. Surprise! And I think that's why he keeps waiting on this vice president. Like it's going to be a woman, and it's like, are you going to? I'll do it soon. And a month passes like, well, you know, it's it's coronavirus. I don't want to get anything out there. And then now it's, hey, we're going to do it on this date. I think it's August 1st is his new date. Which is my birth date. So maybe maybe it's me. 
Maybe well, it is you. I mean, let, I, would, I would vote for uh, you, but you better be on the other side. Well, I, honestly, so I would probably be president within a few months. <laughs> yeah. the, the, way that, the way that is, right? Right. I'll, so. I'll put this out there, guys. I I feel like Josh does when we talk about Star Wars. Right <laughs> yeah, let's do this. So I'm, but I'm, you've I'm been honest. you've been way into this conversation. No, no. I'm if saying just talk- since it took a turn because I haven't been paying any attention to. <laughs> but Joe you know, Biden. Joe Biden is the. I know who he is, and I know he's been saying some things. But let's I get don't back know on Joe Biden. So Joe Biden, he has he has like hair that turns blonde in the summer. Yeah, okay. we, we tried to explain <laughs> I mean, that to Keith before. The show. I'm gonna se- I'm gonna send you the link to watch. Wait, it. Oh, hang it's... on, you get your guys's leg hair doesn't turn blonde. In the <laughs> no. uh, well, listen, falling out. it does, but I don't like kids rubbing down in the pool. Yeah, Mm-mm. I mean, just, just just listen. I'm gonna I send you that clip since you don't okay. since you don't know it. But when you watch it, it's it's just so weird. It's weird. It, I mean. And it's kind of like you were talking about, like with Mitt Romney. It's like he doesn't want the nomination, right? Because then people will not attack him at certain things. They'll say like, "Hey, you said this, and I, I don't think we can get to to where we need a Democrat telling him. I don't think we can get to where we need to be if you do this." And he'll just like, "Well, don't vote, don't don't vote for me. You vote for the other guy." Yeah. And but it's like, like the other day when he what? come out and he's like, when he said. If you're not voting for me, then you're not. Then you ain't black. Yes, like to a black wh- radio host. At what point do you think that's okay? Yeah, like uh, well, that, well, well, like no, you're you said, right. he was just joking, so it's okay. I mean, he's 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 Joe yeah. Biden. Yeah, he's allowed to do whatever. That's he wants like to Hillary do, right? Clinton making a hot sauce comment. What, you know, when well, that and Hillary Clinton saying that you're not a woman if you're not voting for right. her. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. pretty much the exact same thing. Candace Owens actually put both of those quotes out together. Yeah. And, I love me she some Candace Owens. Oh, yeah. She's great, right? And she doesn't know who to vote for right now, right? But honestly, to, to make a comment like that just shows that he's not thinking before he's speaking, yeah. first off. And it shows who he really is. Yeah. He really is a person who thinks that you should, like, he's entitled to. Yeah. So if you want to talk about entitlement, Joe Biden is the epitome of 50 years, yeah. 50 years in government. And suddenly... We're going to fix everything. Yeah. He's going to become president after 50 years in government, and he's suddenly going to fix everything. Now, how come you don't think he got the backlash that Kavanaugh's gotten with the accusations that Joe Biden has gotten here lately? Um, you know, Kavanaugh took it hard. Like, I mean, they went at him hard. Well, that means a pretty, that's an easy answer. Kavanaugh was Trump's choice. Right. I mean, so there, there's your, your big fix there. I mean, Kavanaugh's story, and we watched, I mean, my wife and I sat there and watched every bit of the Kavanaugh hearings yeah. and everything that was going on. She has her thoughts. We... You know, talked about him, agreed, and honestly, there was little to no proof of all of what could happen, yeah. but yet it was still investigated. Yeah. And that's fine. Everybody came out saying, if there's an allegation, you should investigate it. He, and yeah. I agree. Now, with Biden, you know, Tara Reid comes out. She not only has people who can corroborate her story, she also has this, this interesting Larry King clip of her mom calling in, stating that she she has a daughter who works, you know, for a senator yeah. and all these things. And from the 90s. So there's so much there that, if nothing else, deserves at least an investigation. Yeah. And that's all I said. And I, I got attacked heavily when I said, when I made that comment. Because, you know, well, Biden, well, Trump has so so many, you know, they people said there's that are 20, They him. said there's 27 allegations 27 against him. 27 allegations against him or something. I've never, I, I've been waiting for, like, anybody to, I mean, he's the president. Bring it out now. Well, see, you know? it, it, here, here's the thing on Trump is, Trump's been investigated since he announced he was going to run for president. Yeah. He's been under impeachment for a joke of, you know, impeachment uh, issues. He, if there was something credible, you got to believe that those things oh, would be Oh, they would have been, they would have had So 100%. it's not that he's not being investigated. He's constantly being investigated. He might not be giving some of the data they want because he knows that these are bogus. But the question is, should Biden be investigated? 
And every time I ask, should Biden be investigated? Well, Kavanaugh, well, Trump, no, yeah. no. Should Biden be investigated? Yes or no? It's, it's a simple question. And and I can say this, and, you know, being, being a person w- with, you know, I've been a Republican since I was in high school. I, I remember, this is how I got into the political uh, realm, as it be. When I was 18, I was a senior in high school, and they were trying to pass um, something for our school to have a brand new gym mm-hmm. and a brand new choir room. I was not registered to vote. So the teachers went room to room and they said, who in here is 18 and it's not registered to vote. They have this vote in like a month. So we want you guys to come in, fill it out. And then we're going to send it in and then give you registration cards. So I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not. So I go in there. And of course the people that adopted me that I lived with, they're Republican. So I just, you know, I didn't really have any views either way. Cause I'm at high school. Kid, the only, right. th- only thing I really cared about was hanging out with my friends, graduating, blah, blah, blah. And so in my mind, I was like, I'll just do Republican and then I'll figure it out later, mm-hmm. you know? And I know there's probably people listen to it like, well, that's the stupidest way to do it. Like, I understand. And now I know a lot more. Well, that's why most kids do it to begin yeah, with. Exactly. Honestly. And so I wrote, I just checkmarked Republican and the teacher that was doing it was like, no, 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 you're going to do Democrat. And I was like, well, why? And they're like, because the way that they vote in this state because of where it was, you can only do it on a Democrat ballot to get this this thing signed. And I was like, really? And they're, yes, that's the way it is. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I mean, I want our school to get what it is, so go ahead. So then I was a Democrat mm. on the thing. I, I did it and everything. And then when I went back home and was talking about it, they were like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. They said that? And I was like, yeah, we, we, it wouldn't go through unless a Democrat voted for it. And they were like... Oh my God. So that was 1998. Mm-hmm. So I know how the wheels turn oh, yeah. and the way it is. And so I see it now. And now being like a Republican, that's that's the way I feel about it. But I'll tell you right now, being a Republican, if anything came out with a basis of President Trump did this to this person on this date and there is evidence, mm-hmm. I want that dude in jail the next day. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, there's, if there's evidence, then I'll, I'll be, you know, it, it has to be done. Yeah. And so, I want it all investigated. And, that's, and the thing with, with Kavanaugh, when, you know, more and more has come out, it's like, you know, 30 years and we're going to talk to the person. She doesn't want to talk. And so in my mind, I'm like, man, she may have been through a lot and all this is bringing all that stuff back. And then when she gets in there and, well, how'd you get to the party? I don't know. Mm-hmm, well, who, who took you there? I don't know. Well, how'd you get out of there? I don't know. Like all these things. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there in the room. I don't know if it happened. But there's nothing that's telling me it did. And that that's what I love about Trey Gowdy. I don't know oh, if you guys know. Oh, I love Trey Gowdy. Trey, he no, says Trey Gowdy podcast. How about you, Keith? What do you know about <laughs> Trey Gowdy? I just this is what I know about him. I just Googled how to talk about politics without sounding like an idiot. That's what, that's what <laughs> I was said, looking for. And it said Trey Gowdy. <laughs> no, he'll tell know. you. He'll tell you. Honestly, he, but, he'll stick it like it like it really is. Yeah, yeah. and he's hundred percent Republican. But what I loved about him is he said, I wish or I hope I have the day to hold a Republican president accountable. Mm-hmm. Like, like it doesn't matter whether, whether you're Democrat or Republican. I'm going to hold you accountable for your actions. Yeah. So, the absolutely. Law's, the law's the law. Yeah. At the end of the day, the law's the law, but give people the ability to actually be investigated. Yeah. So don't make up things. Don't try to nitpick little things. Actually, let people do what they need to do, but at the end of the day, the law's the law. Yeah. I mean, we all are subject to the laws that are around us, and we all should be investigated for crimes that we commit if there's actually proof of a crime. I agree. I agree. 
Keith, anything, Keith, in, the, anything Keith, in the news? Uh, I am I, loving this. This is like when you guys start talking about wrestling or Star Wars, <laughs> and I just and music and movies and all that stuff. Why are you on this show? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys have an opening. If, yeah. uh, well, at, at oh, this point, if I the election think. doesn't go well, then I mean, <laughs> I should have concurred. Oh, <laughs> Why uh, didn't I concur? Yeah, you know uh, what that's all. Uh, I do know that's catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. Yeah, guy lived in Tulsa or lives in Tulsa still, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. The Leonardo DiCaprio character. Oh yeah, uh, Frank Abagnale. Mm-hmm. Abagnale. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Th- this I, is what I, happens on the show, Trevor. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. No, you just you just fall down a rabbit <laughs> hole, and then why didn't he get an Oscar for that? He was great. At it. Honestly, that was a great movie. The story's even better. So I mean, is that what we're going to segue to now? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's where we're going to talk about that all day long. Honestly, <laughs> that guy was anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, a genius. Oh uh, man, this and he's just a kid. That, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's one of those movies that when it comes on, oh. yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'll tell my I'll wife, "You better one. buckle up. <laughs> we're, we're watching this." And I couldn't even believe it was real. And I've gone on YouTube. You can find the old clip of uh, uh, "To Tell the Truth" to actually see the the Frank Abing now. Really? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's old and it's awesome because I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, which one is it really? You know, because <laughs> I know he was on there and he has to say who he is. But there we go. Yeah. Hey, so bring us to you. You sent us a whole list of topics here, Carrie. Um, yeah. So would you like me to broach one? Would you like me to broach a topic? Or do you want to cut that and then come back in? Like, look, Trevor, this has been bothering me for a while. Let's talk about this coronavirus. What is that now? The coronavirus? The coronavirus. Okay. Coronavirus. I'm sorry. COVID. Perhaps do, I, I didn't Do we have say. to say COVID-19? I'm going to enunciate that. COVID-19. Yeah, they're going to take that off Twitter. COVID-19 if you're, you know. Can you, <laughs> do you think we can expect another wave of the coronavirus? Personally, I have a lot of, per, I guess, personally, I have a lot of personal feelings about it. Um, okay. I feel that there will be another coronavirus that will come around next year. Do I believe that it's the same COVID-19 that we're currently dealing with? I don't know if I believe that personally. Um, and I try to aching it towards the flu. So I dealt with, I dealt with the flu all the time. I uh, give flu vaccines to people every year. The way that the flu vaccine works, and I'll just talk about the flu first and then kind of give my own opinion and I want to state that this is an opinion it's not been proven by Dr. Fauci at the bottom of the <laughs> editorial at the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the piece it says yeah, and again, but, but it is it's an opinion but it's coming from a pharmacist a person, who's actually yeah, a pharmacist dealt, it's not coming from me yeah. Yeah. So, so with the flu every year like currently we have a flu vaccine that is a quadrivalent vaccine that means that it has four different variations of the flu in it so every year we take a guess like an educated guess at what the flu might be for the next year create a mm-hmm. vaccine for it and then we give everybody the vaccine. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, make your own opinion on whether you should get it or not. Um, I would say that if we do happen to get one of those four, it's good to have it. However, I do notice that we still have, uh, other than this year somehow, we managed to have pretty similar amounts of flu deaths and flu cases every year, with or without the vaccines. Mm-hmm. So the flu spreads in the same way the coronavirus does. So it's airborne, it t- you touch things, you sneeze on somebody to get it. So it it's on is it on surfaces? Like it's on surfaces. For, do you know how for, long it could it could stay on? It depends surface? on the surface, but you're okay. looking at a couple hours in okay. most cases. So the the mutations that happen every year are what causes us to have a new strain of it. So because it 
spread so quickly, it's able to mutate faster, unlike other viruses that are bloodborne, things like that, that don't mutate near as fast because they don't spread as fast, so they're not going to have that ability to mutate faster. Now, we know coronavirus has already mutated before because we had SARS back yeah. in you know early 2000s. We had MERS in the early teens. Um, now we have this one. So we know for sure that the coronavirus has mutated. So my thought, and what I would like to actually hear somebody actually tell me yes or no on, do we end up with a new coronavirus every year? Have we had a new coronavirus every year? There's multiple times when I see patients that come through and they say, you know, I had felt like the flu, but the doctor said it wasn't the flu. I, I was down for two weeks. I had this. I had this. Everything was horrible. Sure felt like the flu, but the doctor said I didn't test positive for the flu. But we never tested for coronavirus. However, we've been studying the coronavirus for years. There's canine vaccines for coronavirus. We know it's been around. There are patents out for coronavirus testing as early as 2015. Um not going to get into, like you said, the conspiracy theories on everything, but there are proven patents. I've read through the patents that are there saying that they are have been working on mutated coronaviruses and trying to come up with what they called a novel flu vaccine. So a novel flu vaccine from a coronavirus seems kind of odd to state it in that way, but now all of a sudden we have this. So personally, yes, to answer your question, we probably will have another coronavirus come, come through next year. Um, my concern is if we make a vaccine for COVID-19 and then next year we have COVID-20, is it going to do any good? So it I might see. do good. It might not do do well. So when you say next year, do I you guess think this year. like, so like cold and flu season, cold and flu season. Okay. Cause that's when most, most, that's when we see the infections come through with the flu. That's when we yeah. see everything. So we said we tend to start vaccinating for the flu in August, September. So I would see that that would probably be the same thing. Um, but my concern is going to be, is it going to be a mutated virus that comes through, or is it going to be the exact same thing with the second wave? And they keep talking about the Spanish flu and how that was. Well, that's 100 years ago. Spanish flu, we don't, we don't know if it was the same one or if it was a mutated flu that came through. So to say that it's exactly the same, well, we don't have the, we don't have the data. There's not, you know, the key, everybody says follow the science. First off, science changes constantly. Um, even during this whole pandemic that we've had, how many times has the science changed? Yeah. From day one, you had, you know, Fauci, I just saw last night a comparison of Fauci saying, don't wear masks, this is not that big of a deal, masks will not do any good. A month later, then Fauci says, uh, wear the mask, but it's primarily just to keep from infecting other people if you're infected. And then just this past week, he states that, well, I wear the mask to protect myself, but really it's more of a symbol. <laughs> like it's, it's a symbol. So, yeah. so we're, we're mandating yeah. a symbol. Mm -hmm. And what's it a symbol of? Control? I, I mean, just to go that direction with it, if it's not going to work, if he keeps changing his mind, how are we ever supposed to know? And then I've had people ask me directly, so why do people not take, take this seriously? Well, they don't take it seriously because what are they supposed to take seriously? Are they supposed to listen to our leaders say, go out for the Chinese New Year, go out for this event, keep going to the restaurants, keep doing this. Don't listen to the administration because they're hyping up this coronavirus and it's not that big of a deal. And then a month and a half later, yeah. Oh, look what President Trump did. He's personally taken out multiple, you know, just the rhetoric has changed so often. I don't even know, I don't know how anybody would ever take it seriously and know what to take seriously. Mm -hmm. You jump back and forth and yet people still think that they have to take the same thing seriously. Um, I talk a lot. FYI. No, that's good. So, <laughs> no, you're good. You know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. So the, 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 the correct answer, the answer in my opinion is that we, we potentially have coronavirus infections come through every year um, just due to the fact that it's not the first coronavirus that we've seen. It's not even the first SARS coronavirus we've seen. So right. we know it mutates. We know it comes through. 
Um, the most of the viruses that we deal with, including the flu, come from the east, and they filter across the planet. It's just how it works. So, I've been holding off on telling you guys this. Okay. Um, but in December, because uh, I have asthma, mm-hmm. I was—I mean, I was real sick. I think there was a week that I, I didn't even really like go to church. Um, I mean, I didn't feel good. I mean, I was taking my inhaler like usually I two puffs and I'm good for days. I mean, I was taking it two to three times a night. Like I was having that bad of like respiratory, uh, you know, complications. I'd lay down and I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh my gosh. And I have to run to the bathroom like more inhaler. And so I told Robbie's like, I got to go to the doctor. I got to figure this out. And I did not test positive for the flu. And, you know, I'd had a fever for a couple of days. My body had the chills and everything. But after uh, almost two weeks, like I started feeling better. My lungs, it took it, it took a while to get, to get back, which I just credited to like, the winters are usually bad for me and springs are usually bad for me for my lungs. Yeah. And, uh, in summer, cause everything's kind of, you know, dried out and everything. I'm usually really good. And I just thought, man, it just must be the way the weather is, but it, it took a while for that to come back. And then Robbie and I are sitting there talking about this and I'm like, there's a good chance in December I had the coronavirus and it, no one knew about it and no one knew that that's what it was. But, yeah. you know, I wasn't as sick as I could have been, but it felt like the flu to the point where, you know, I went and got checked and I didn't have it. So can you get that antibodies test? Yeah, every yeah time? I could. I and, that, and I think Robbie and I talked about it because then she was sick when she was having a ledger in the hospital. And I don't, I mean, it wasn't the point, like, she didn't have a fever or anything like that, but she just got sick before it. And then we're like, maybe we have the antibodies. I mean, I, I don't know. And it could not have been. I could have just had a bad cold and I have asthma, so it was triggered. But these are things where a lot of people are like, well, it got here in January. How do we know that? You know, we really don't have any evidence that states, I mean, I, I even know that some of the people that have, like the CDC, like, I mean, it could have been here in October. Mm-hmm. You know, could have been here in November. I don't know. But well, there is a Facebook post that says you're wrong. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure that was fact checked already. So I am wrong. <laughs> According to the fact checkers on okay. Facebook, I'm, I believe that that is wrong. And I, I, I've heard that a lot. I've heard people fight back and forth saying that there's no possible way. They said it, it, it was, you know, first found, you know, in December. It made it over here in January. First time ever. There's no possible way. Okay. But like you said, how, how do they know? They didn't test for it. Mm-hmm. So is it possible that it is? And the problem with following the science is the, the science wasn't even here at the point. So yeah. they can't follow the science when they weren't even testing. They can only follow that. it to the point that they decide to follow it, right? Exactly. I mean, so if somebody came from China mm-hmm. and it had already spread in late November. And millions had. And yes. Right. I mean, people come here from other countries all the time. All the time. Especially around Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, or Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, it might not have been. I didn't get tested. All I know is it was different, and I did get tested for the flu, and I did not have the flu. So, so. My, my question is um, I keep getting texts every couple of weeks from the tribe, from my from okay. my tribe, and they text and say that the, the clinic is doing coronavirus testing. Mm-hmm. Should I do it? I see why not. I mean, All right. They don't, they don't, like, stipulate anything. They just say we're doing it. Like, so I, I want to say UConn did a drive-thru um, corona test thing. There's been a few local pharmacies that have done the same thing. Yeah. They've set them outside to drive through, and yeah. uh, my understanding is the test has gotten a lot easier. So the first test that they had, they literally stuck a 
prod all the way back to the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Supposedly yeah. this one can just go right inside the nostril and it's relatively quick. But then why a, can't they do that for the flu? <laughs> They're still killing me with this flu test, man. Yeah. I just <laughs> maybe they can, and they just don't want to. They just hate me. Like I walk in, they're like, "Here comes that guy again." I mean, when I, when I've seen these texts come in, and I immediately I'm like, "I want to go." I just want to know, right. you know, I want to know if I have it. But then I'm like, oh, I haven't shown any symptoms or anything. Like, I don't want to take a test from somebody who might really need it. I, I want the antibody test. I, that's yeah. I honestly, that's what I would like. Also, my wife and I both talked about that as well. Yeah. That. Uh, taking the antibody test just to see if there's a possibility we've already had the antibody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I'm somebody, I've never been sick in my life. So I'm curious to what kind of antibodies I do carry. Wait yeah. a minute. I know. You've never been sick in your entire life <laughs> you're and un- you look like Bruce Willis from you're Unbreakable. You're Unbreakable, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Don't uh, even give me that. I have you seen uh, Unbreakable, Josh? Josh, oh, you've seen Unbreakable? God. Josh, oh. you've seen Glass? Did you see Glass? I haven't seen Glass <laughs> Oh, yet. you got to see Glass. I'll see Glass. See, just when I thought I was here in this podcast, you guys throw those back out there and I just sink right back down into my chair. I will say, just to nerd out a bit, M. Night Shyamalan did amazing with that series. All three movies together. Yeah. And they are a really cool idea of kind of a more realistic versions of, of superheroes of, of superheroes yeah. and kind of just some of us are genetically stronger than other people and vice versa. Well, what was the second one called? Spl- was it split. 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 See, split. See this right here. This is when so, G- Joey Tribbiani <laughs> bought the V encyclopedia. <laughs> I studied for this. How about and that? You guys are turning it on me again. <laughs> what, what was it? What was the, what was the uh, volcano? Volcanoes. Aren't those some <laughs> igneous rock formations? <laughs> so what it, what it is, Josh, is there's this movie called Unbreakable. Uh-huh. Great movie by itself. And then there's this other movie called Split. And you don't know until the very end of that movie they're connected. It's a sequel. What? You don't, and you don't know it. You don't but, know it uh, until uh, the end. It's so funny because everybody in the world's seen Unbreakable. But Josh, <laughs> so in Unbreakable, Samuel L. Jackson is this character who his bones will break with any pressure. They called him Mr. Glass as he was growing up. He's got a bad hip. He's in a wheelchair. And then there's this huge train wreck. And everyone on the train <laughs> dies. Except Bruce Willis. Spoiler. This is great. And, We're gonna, yeah, sorry, sorry. If nobody from a twenty-two-year-old movie, if nobody knows, <laughs> so, um, so he's the only one that survives. And all the doctors are like, "We don't know how this happened. Everyone should have perished on that." And then as he starts, Samuel Jackson finds him, and he's a comic book sell, salesman. Like he makes all these comic books. He's like, "I think that you're a superhero," and he's like, "I'm not." He's like, have you ever been sick? And he starts throwing all these things out. And then he asks his wife, like, have I ever been sick? She's like, I think you had the flu one year. But he like, faked it for something. <laughs> and then he goes into his basement and starts lifting weights and just keeps adding weight. And he, he just lifts it every time. And then he realizes that when he like hones it, if he touches somebody, he can see bad things that they did in their life. And so then he is, is a real now, life. Now I can tell you why I didn't want But it. now he's a, he's a real life superhero. And then at the end, you find out why he... Don't give it away for him in case, in case not, he no, 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 I'm not giving it away. You, you figure out how, like, how everything happened to show that he was a superhero and, like, the, the end game of it. And like it's, it's a great end. spider ending. bit him and all that stuff. No, not even that. You get no. to find out who the villain, <laughs> like, there's, there's a villain who's been looking for him forever to find out who the strong person was. Josh, I gotcha. So. Josh, you would like him. You <laughs> All right. Would, I pro- like him. Because it's not like, like, you're not going to watch Avengers because it's like Correct. Captain America and stuff like that. But this is like a gritty, like, just a dude that's learning he's stronger than other people, genetically stronger than other people. Okay. Like Trevor here, because he's never been sick and just been lifting weight since we got here. And <laughs> yeah. he's, at, he's, he's up to like 750 pounds. So. Uh, All right. Speaking of Trevor, let's get back hey, to back the to campaign. Okay. Sorry. There you <laughs> go. There's me again. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, let me ask this before we move on from coronavirus. Okay. Okay. What, okay. what do you think is the best 
from a from a pharmacist's point of view, what's the best course of action for uh, keeping yourself prepared uh, to fight this thing off? Because like I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, and good, he's, he's, good move. He's pushing supplements and vitamin D yeah. and. Mm-hmm. And all that sort of thing. Multivitamins C- are great. Uh, CBD drinks. <laughs> yeah. He does, yeah, he does a lot of that. Uh, the uh, multivitamins are always going to be a good thing for you. Um, sunlight definitely important, especially if you're going to, you know, you mentioned vitamin D. You do require sunlight in order to actually convert the vitamin D into your body. Do it properly, um, and da- just daily exercise. And that can be walking. It can be anything like that. There's not a lot you really have to do in order to keep your body healthy other than just try to be healthy. And then here's, uh, this one's amazing to me that uh, people are finally, I, I guess, this big revelation that happened during this thing. Wash your hands. Yeah. I mean, right? right. It, it, I mean, amazing. It is amazing. How about the, the fact that they, they had to have, like you, they had to send videos out. How like, to wash your hands. How to wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Hey, 20 yeah. seconds, guys. 20 seconds. You know, my dad, my dad said that when he went in the Air Force that he had to watch a video that taught you how to take a shower. Really? Because yeah. a lot of the cadets that would come in didn't well, know. That takes me back to episode one of the Big Boy <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. When your dad made you take a shower with him, did he do it correctly? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Did I it mean, start with slapping shampoo on your head? <laughs> Trevor, I'm going to just go back to episode one it's and you learn a lot book. about Keith. It's yeah, by we'll the there. book, man. He followed protocol on that. Good. Was it Was it episode one or two? It might have been two. I think it was one. Was it one when he it's talked one. about... Hey, always go back and listen to any of these because they're all great, but... Uh, I think it's one or two. I, I can't uh, remember. Yeah. But um, back back to your uh, your question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what I would say is just don't don't listen to every single thing that's out there because there's a lot of supplements you could take that do everything. Yeah. So if you go read the average supplement that you're going to find, it can do almost almost anything. Yeah, I take a Centrum like one a day mm. kind of vitamin multivitamin every day. Take your vitamins. I need to start doing vitamins. vitamins. I never take vitamins. I but I'm Native American, so yeah. there's no need. Well, Hulk Hogan said it best, right? Eat your vitamins, say your prayers. Say your prayers. Uh, yeah. You know, That's vitamins it. mess with my allergies. Really? Like the chewables. Huh. Flint, Flintstone vitamins? I can't take a Flintstone vitamin. I think it's the dye in it. They do make adult versions of that that you can actually just swallow, not chew. Just, um, just throw see, that out and, there. And that's what I need. Right, yeah. You know, I keep buying these chewable <laughs> ones. Because <laughs> <And laughs> as a kid, you're like, well, this is yeah. it. You know? But, yeah, they mess with my allergies. There's two thing, two more things I want to get to. Um, we'll try to go through them pretty quick. Um one is like a big thing right now with like George Floyd okay. with the death that mm-hmm. that just happened in uh, Minneapolis, I believe it was. Um, do you know about this, Keith? Yeah, I've seen it on the news. Um, so watching the video and then watching the surveillance video, and I don't know if they're ever going to put the body cam stuff out there. Um, in my mind, he seemed detained from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people from different news stations who have been police officers, who have worked as Secret Service, they, they'll tell you that once the cuffs are on, the fight's over, um, and they don't really understand what's going on. So, so I would say you're quoting uh, Bongino on you that go. one, and a uh, huge fan. Yes, great, great guy. And I, just, I get to the point where you see these things, and uh, like what happened in Ferguson, and you see one video of the... the uh, Michael Brown, I believe it was, mm-hmm. that, that was shot. One video doesn't show everything, and then the rest, he's attacking an officer. Split-second decisions that happen, and it's the end result is awful. Mm-hmm. But this right here wasn't like split-second. It was pretty bad. And so when you, when you, if you become like representative and everything, and you're representing the state, and then you have to worry about um, like 
the way that things are policed, mm-hmm. not the police, the police. Cause I think 99% of the police officers mm-hmm. we know a lot in our church are just by the book, really good people mm-hmm. and don't want to see anybody hurt. And then these things happen and they become the explosion. Cause you don't get to see the 99% of the people, like the ones that go into communities and are playing ball with kids and trying to keep everything safe. Mm-hmm. These are the things you see. What, how do you feel about that and what needs to be done? Well, for starters, what I feel about the aspect of what we actually get to see is sad. Cause I'll, I'll agree. Like, like I said earlier in the show, um, raised by a cop, raised around police officers. I saw a post on uh, from a guy the other day that was started out looking like, okay, this could be bad. And it was, you know, a homeless woman. She was walking down the street. Then a cop stops, walks out towards her. Then suddenly goes to the trunk, pulls out a pair of shoes, gives her a new pair of shoes. They still laugh and talk with each other. And the end of the post was basically, why is this such a shock for me to see? Yeah. And the sad thing is, why is it? I mean, we see all the time cops out playing basketball with kids, cops doing, you know, all types of good things because that's what they do. They most, like you said, 99.9% of cops got into it for the right reasons. Now, this situation is as, I can't say cut and dry because obviously there's a case that has to go, but it's as cut and dry as it can be. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've all seen the video. The guy was on the ground and I find it to be a very sad situation that three other cops sat there and just let that happen. So there's there's a lot to be had there. And I, I agree. I think that these people should be arrested at this point. Um, however, knowing how some things work, there are unions in place that keep mm-hmm. cops from, you know, going into that situation right up front. So there are, there are situations. This is a, a travesty. Honestly, there's no, no way that anybody could ever justify what happened and rightfully so i don't think i've really seen anybody justify it no so that's one thing that people across the board from other police officers to you know chiefs to like you said security guards to people on the left on the right it's a bad deal now the response to it is also bad i mean there's no reason to i'm not going to get into the the way that the riots are happening but crimes don't make crimes better yeah so to make it better, it, it, it requires all of us, honestly, because we know the media is not going to go out and try to paint a police officer in a positive light. Mm-hmm. So when you see a good thing happen, that a cop does something good, maybe it's our responsibility to push that out there, try to use the platforms that we have as just basic citizens and show that there are good cops out there, that there is something, that there's a need for the police. Yeah, We have them there for a reason. And if we disregard what they're there for, then we lose a very valuable part of our um, of our civilization, essentially. So, yes, this situation, and I don't know how to make it any any way. It's just it was it was murder, in my opinion. It, it's it's the first time in years that like it everything has been so bipartisan. Like it doesn't matter what channel you you change to mm-hmm. it's like this guy they did the wrong thing did the wrong thing then you go from cnn to fox news and that's the first thing they're saying this is wrong this my, is- my issue is when you look at the guy he had a smirk on his face and that to me i mean it, it i've never seen something more disgusting mm-hmm. and um sat there my wife and i watched the video together and she's got tears coming it's it's a it's a horrible video and it's a horrible person that's there yeah. like for whatever reason whatever was going through his mind at that point 
there was evil in that smirk. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. What Robbie and I were talking about it, and I wasn't going to watch the video. I was just basically going to watch other people talk about the video, and then I was like, I've got to see. Mm-hmm. I got. I've got to see for myself so that I can, you know, at least state like my part. Especially when we were going to talk to you and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, this is one thing I want to bring up to him. And uh, I mean, it, it just there there are things that hit you. Uh, our show basically we we talk about life of being dads mm-hmm. like that's kind of how we started this whole thing and things have, have morphed into a, a different way that our show has been because we have other people that, that watch and everything but the first thing that goes to your mind is like losing there's a video out there of parents that lost their child on a video of a police officer with his knee on his neck and all i can think of is like my kids and the hatred and the utter disgust that i would feel that my child didn't have to be gone mm-hmm. and that's the first thing that comes to my mind and it's just it's disgusting and i mean i just i i, I don't know another way to say it but it, it that those are the first thing F- five years ago not having a kid it, it might have been like oh this was just this is heinous this is disgusting but the first thing i'm thinking about is like it doesn't matter how old the person is it could be a 60 year old man mm-hmm. that still has his parents those parents lost their mm-hmm. their kid and then their his kids lost their dad and it's it's awful. So, I agree. Yep, I agree. Well, all right. Well, <laughs> welcome to the Big Boy Pants yeah, Podcast. Man. Where we talk about well, we go high and low. We go <laughs> we go all different directions. Well, yeah. And then, like the last thing I wanted to bring up was uh, term limits because one of the things, like we <laughs> talked about, uh, you know, off air, and just when I get to see Trevor, when I am lucky enough to have a closing, and I go meet with him, like, hey, I got a check, and. Uh, we talked about term limits and him getting into this and I know you have an ultimate goal and I don't know if, if you want to even share that or anything you want, we want to get to this, this point first, kind of like mm-hmm. let's win the big 12 before we worry about winning the national championship and everything like that. But, um, you, you're a fan of like term limits, which means yes. you, you might be in there. If, if that did happen, you might not get everything you want done in a certain time, but tell us why you're for term limits. Well, and, or, can, is can, there, is there a term, is there, is there a term limit for a representative right no. now? Not at all. No, the terms are two years for representatives, six years for the House or for the Senate. So they can be in there and literally stay there forever. So as long as they keep getting elected and as long as we keep electing them into position, into power, essentially, mm-hmm. they will stay there in power. And that's one of the reasons why you see the amount of money that they make. I mean, we were talking about Biden earlier. Biden gets out of, um, I believe, in 1968, he got out of school. He joined his first county um, position at 70, and two years later, he was elected to be a senator, and he's been there ever since until he became vice president in 2009. So literally, when you say 50 years, 50 years in politics, he really never actually held a job. So I guess that's why he talks about being a lifeguard at the pool and something like <laughs> yeah. that, because that's his real-world experience. Um, and we have a lot of, lot of senators and representatives who have kind of been the same way. They have got out of school and immediately got into some form of politics and just never got out of it. Yeah. Um, yes, what you said, if you get in, you get, if there are term limits, then you might not get all that you want done, but maybe there's an incentive to try to get more done. Yeah. So instead of sitting complacent for years and years, you know, just voting, because a lot of people, they get in there and vote. They could sponsor bills. They could co-sponsor bills, uh, which are very different. So when you're looking up at bills, you have a sponsor is essentially the person that holds the bill. They get that number. And then you have your co-sponsors. And there's some bills out there that have hundreds of co-sponsors. And there's some really hot topic bills out there that 
you know, have 180, 200 sponsors on them or co-sponsors because people just kind of put their name on it as they go, even though they're not up for votes, they're not doing anything. It just kind of gets checkmarked and it's kind of, it's, it's an odd way of setting things up. Like, but I think that no term limits sets up complacency. And then people also talk about how these uh, political action committees and different things like that donate money to campaigns. They give these people money. Well, the longer they're in, the more money goes to the campaign, the more benefits they get from those, and the more chances they have of gaining from mm-hmm. their position. The way I see it is if you become a representative, you do your terms, you get in, then if you want to stay in politics, cool, then try to run for Senate or try to run for a governor position, a mayor position. There's a lot of things that you could do that keep you actually moving, but it also makes you do what you need to do to then earn the next position that you're going yeah. to get. Because if you're, if you, let's say you're in for four years and you get out after two, two year terms, four years in, did you do something in those two years, in those four years that actually caused people to want you to be in another position? Yep. Or were you somebody that they said, well, we really didn't do much. So, and then another issue that I have is, you know, sometimes being in there, you see every year we start campaign, they start campaigning for themselves again. So there's a lot of not, there's not a lot of time to really do much because they're constantly having to recampaign for themselves. Yeah. So yeah, term limits I think are important. Now one of the problems is, is the Congress going to actually vote for themselves to <laughs> get get, can- get yeah. canned basically, and that's going to be a very tough one unless you get a lot of people in that actually agree with the same same dynamic. Or um, there are the uh, and states can get together. There are ways of ways around it. So you can actually start the process it just has to get some you know get people in place to actually do it i think that's something that if anyone out there that's listening is like me i'm the type of person that doesn't do his due diligence before i go to the polls and so i might see somebody you know like tom cole and say oh he's been doing a good job yeah you just just check that box you're just seeing a familiar name yeah you know you have no idea what he's done in the last two years or whatever you just know that he's been there and i and i I don't want to put that out. I don't want to put that on anybody. No. I mean, that's me, but I feel like a lot of people are probably like me. But I think what you're noticing now, you're getting a lot of grassroots campaigns mm-hmm. on people, and I think those are going to be the ones that make that shift. You know, your your Tom Coles or whatever, they're not going to do it because right. they're not going to give their position up. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us a little bit of what, what kind of campaign are you you going with right now? Well, it's basically grassroots because yeah. I don't have you know a million dollars sitting in a campaign account somewhere. So it's trying to meet people, which has been very difficult during coronavirus. So you yeah. can't really get oh, out yeah. there, can't do things, um, try to order signs, and then find out that the sign company that they're coming from got shut down in Kentucky. So they're waiting to still get those in. So trying to get yard signs out yeah. for people, get things that can happen, got some banners put into place. Then I get stopped on where you put your banner. I mean, I literally had a spot that uh, I had a banner right off the highway. Guy calls and says, I'm sorry, but Tom would skin me alive if I let you put put your sign there. Really? I'm like, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to see you skinned alive or anything. So <laughs> yeah. I'll go ahead and move my sign. That's cool. And then I have another sign that's, you know, in a great location. And then my competitor's sign gets put literally right in front of my in, in front of my sign. So there's there's a lot of little things that go to it. But my goal is to try to meet people, talk to people using social media, trying to get out there. And um, this is like the 
kind of the kickoff for me doing daily videos, trying to get people to know who <laughs> I am. You, if, we're, if we're going, if you're starting at the bottom to get to the top, <laughs> then, then that might be us. Cause. I mean, that's what I was going for. That's what, yeah. that's what Carrie said. Yeah. Is, yeah. Make it easy, get started, kind of just, you know, get an idea of who I am, see what we can do over the next yeah. month. And if there is a chance of making a move, then there's a good chance of making a move. Let me ask you this question, Trevor. Have you ever seen the movie Charlie Wilson's War? I have. Um, what was he? Was he a senator or was he a representative? I want to say. Tom Hanks. Tom Did Hanks, you see yeah. it? I, I, oh, long, long time Philip ago. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, it's a great movie. Good movie. I, my, um, I guess he's from Nacogdoches or the Lufkin area. And uh, my cousin, Jeff. Philip Seymour shout Hoffman? Out, shout out to Jeff. No, no, no. The, the Charlie Wilson. Oh, the Charlie Wilson. Okay. Right. So he's from that. And so my cousin, Jeff, who's probably listening, shout out Jeff. <laughs> Jeff uh, made me go watch that movie with him and I hated it. But then it was recently on again and I watched it. I was like, this is a great movie. See, I think you're a poli- yeah. you're a political person. <laughs> see, and you're, this you're is starting to really like it's. it's have you guys? Know, you, you kind of see it now. So he was a representative um, out of Texas. Okay. So, but uh, <laughs> but it's cool because it talks about how he did all this stuff. I guess whenever the um, Iraqi freedom mm-hmm. was going on, like there was all, and it just it kind of shows you how that works. Like I, I don't, I mean I don't know that you'll be meeting with with um, sultans in, in, you know, in in their palaces and things but uh you never know you never know hey you never know it'd be fun is it anything like the shooter with mark Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> i hope not yeah. Yeah. okay uh, next one uh, for josh is anything like american sniper yeah is it? <laughs> i mean I guess some people are i think you should watch it anything like lone survivor this, this is where i google how to sound smart when talking about <laughs> movies you've never seen I have not had to Google anything yet. <laughs> so, um, I, I'll, I'll, do you have a a website or anything that you want anybody to go to? Yeah. Or so, go I, my website's just trevorsipes.com. So, T R E V O R S I P E S dot com. Uh, it's very basic. I mean, it's a website it shows uh, different policies, different you know ideas, viewpoints, and um, then I have a Facebook page, Sipes for Congress, for being the number four. Yeah. So Sipes for Congress on Facebook, Sipes for Congress on Twitter. I'm not a very good Twitterer. Um, <laughs> I know I have to learn to get into politics. Apparently, that yep. twi- tweeting is the thing. But um, it helped the it helped the president right now. It's, I mean, it's the it's working for him. So yeah. it's getting him a lot of publicity. That's for sure. It, it good sure or bad, is. like Eminem said, it is what it is. So exactly. Um, so yeah, TrevorSipes.com, and I'm very responsive. If anybody has questions, I like to answer questions. Uh, my daily videos that I'm going to start doing will also be answering questions that people have given me and kind of going through quick little three to five minute videos just to kind of see my face, get out there and uh, give a little bit of my perspective on certain things. So I am very, very opinionated and I like to talk about my views. That's good. And and one one thing before we, we, we wrap it up with Tom Cole being in and we were talking about bills mm-hmm. and everything like that. I mean, he's been in. Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Yeah. Eighteen years. So he must. Uh, I mean, does he have like a plethora of bills out there that he's? Like, I mean, there's a reason that we keep voting him in, and I know some people will say oh, it's a familiar name, but then there might be people that look at it like this is what he's done for us as we get to this point. That you, as being a person that's going against him, you're able to say, well, you know, this it, is how it is. Depending on what you look at, like I said earlier, there you can sponsor, you can co-sponsor. Now, one thing Tom Cole brags about is being the uh, ranked the hardest working person in Congress. So he is the chairman of the appointment. Um, it happens. <laughs> um, chairman of the, he, he's of the Rules Committee. 
So he's got, uh, he kind of helps write rules. And we would have seen him during the impeachment process speaking on the rules. So he does have to write write the rules. He reports in as a bill. So you do have different bills. If you go to bill, bill track, you'll see lots of things that are co-sponsored. Uh, GovTrack's interesting because it breaks it down into what's actually sponsored bills. So you'd see nine bills. And um, two of those bills, which would be kind of interesting, was like I mentioned earlier about uh, naming a uh, post office. Mm-hmm. One of them was changing the address of that post office. So two, so two of there. his bills are we're naming a post office and we're changing the address. Of the sponsored ones, So he yeah. has seven. Seven bills there. One of them was an introduction bill from another um, another bill that was brought up elsewhere. So again, okay. you get to introduce bills as well. Okay. Three of them were reporting bills from the um, rules. And then you have uh, a few bills. He uh, helped out with the Stigler Act, which is from 1947, to extend... Um, a lot of the expiration dates for Native Americans to get the benefits that they were promised. Okay. Um, so good stuff, right? I mean, yeah. We, so like I said, there's, there's nothing, nothing that's necessarily bad. Um, when we hear a lot of the, the, and I was told this from day one, you know, Tom Cole's Chickasaw, you're going to have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. That's, that's fine. Like I'm pro Native Americans. As I can, I just, I, I might not be blood, but um, there's, there's a couple of bills in there. But like I, like you said, you're looking at 18 years, and there's not a lot written. Yeah. And, uh, and that's frustrating to me when you see how long somebody's in office and that there are no term limits. And that's why I think term limits are important. That way you get in there and you do what you need to get done as quickly as you need to get it done. And problem is, at this point, we're too busy fighting, I guess, Trump. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing in office at this point. That's true. Yeah. Any other questions? I think that's great. I feel like I've uh, I've learned a little something today. And so, I, Sipes for Congress on Facebook. Sipes for Congress on Facebook, TrevorSipes.com on the internet, Sipes for Congress on Twitter, and uh, I believe Sipes for, Sipes for Congress on YouTube when those videos start. Should we extend an invitation to Tom Cole to be on the podcast? <laughs> Bring, hey, <laughs> Mr. Cole, if you want to come on the podcast and, and talk about what you, your record and everything, and then, then we'll have Trevor again. Um, <laughs> yeah. for rebuttal but I mean I, I'm there but that's the thing is I, I just there was okay so we're in our youth building of our church this is where we record and I remember about four years ago I guess almost five years ago uh, one of our students was a big Bernie supporter and I remember he was saying this and Josh had this look on his face like you gotta be kidding <laughs> and I said look here's the deal if uh, I'm happy that he's at least following somebody trying to figure out where he is and what he's looking for. And he was a, I mean, just graduated from high school, first year in college. Like, even if I don't feel that that's where he should vote, at least it's somebody like going out and maybe will do work to to look at something. Does that make sense? I mean, it does. Just, just, it's like, hey, my dad was Democrat. I'm going to be a Democrat. My dad's a Republican. I'm going to be a Republican. I, I just want, just like to go to your website to mm-hmm. see what you to see if they agree with 70 to 80% of like what you agree on. Mm -hmm. Or if you go to Tom Cole's website to see what he agrees. I mean, that's the thing is we're, we're getting to the point where we're just voting for people strictly on what the letter is. And we're not really understanding that this person, no matter what their, their political background is, they might be the best person for this job to help who like, like Keith's family, like you being a pharmacist, you knowing that you might help all the Keiths and the Keiths' daughters mm-hmm. at this point. Or somebody, I mean, that's that's where I feel about it. And then I just hate 
like because there's so much hate out there like oh you didn't vote democrat you should vote democrat well if, if it was like keith family like well i talked to this guy who said that he could do this and he knew all about this and everything and that's going to help my kids in the long run mm-hmm. And so that's that's just how I feel when it comes to politics. And Keith and Josh, you were going to say something about. Oh, I, I when when people talk like that, like tell me they're you know I'm I'm for this, and I give me an opportunity to give my side of it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's what I like about you is that you are outspoken about your opinion, and I want to hear it. Well, that's the thing. And, I love debating with people who yeah. are actually willing to debate. Yeah. Now if I'm going to debate with you, and you just start spouting off completely off topic things yeah then we just have to shut it down and be done like or you just keep repeating bumper stickers you know things like that yeah and i just don't have i don't have time to debate with people who actually don't know their own positions or why they believe the way they believe um i still i I will try all day long because i'm an educator i enjoy teaching people yeah um however some people are unteachable oh absolutely Uh, when obama won i remember rob robbie and i were sitting there and and i did i did vote for mccain on the first one and then it, you know, McCain just got slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And I turned to Robbie, I was like, um, maybe this guy's going to do, maybe maybe this is going to be a good thing. We'll, we'll figure out. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> and one of the first things when it came out to Obamacare, my dad passed away when I was one of a heart attack. And if anything ever comes up for insurance, they'll, even if they did the tests on me and I was in great physical shape, and they're like, so do you have any history of heart disease? Like, well, my dad had a heart attack when I was uh, one. Check mark, you're done. Like immediately I'm, I'm off the books and they start talking to Robbie and I was like, this is the dumbest thing that, and so when pre preexisting conditions and certain things came out, I felt that those were, were good. Mm-hmm. And then when I became, I, I was a, I'm, I'm still a land man, but then when Robbie stayed home and I saw like what our bills did with, with the Obamacare and I just was like, man, this is bad. Like mm-hmm. I've got to figure out like the next person that goes in, they need to be for this. So I've had a lot of people ask, why would you vote this way? And I said, well, I got, I got, I can show you my bill. If you want to give me 30 grand for what I got to pay for my kids and my wife for insurance, I'm all for whatever you want, but I have to look at me and my family first. Yeah. I got to keep my health care, but it doubled. Right. And, and that was, you know, and, and I tell people that because some people, there was, there's one person in particular that uh, we were telling you, he was like, you know, Obamacare has uh, has paid for my college. And I'm like, really? Tell me how that happened. He's like, well, my dad's saving so much money, now he can afford to pay for my college. I'm like, really? Because mine doubled. Right. So how, how does yours... Well, you're paying for him now. Absolutely. So, Or if you decide, like me, to not be able to afford the $30,000, yeah. then my $6,000 fine then pays for somebody else to get that. So yeah. everybody brags about the 20 million people who get health care insurance... Well, there's still people who lost health insurance for it. Yeah. I mean, my wife was a cancer survivor. Uh, our youngest, he was uh, born with no white blood cells whatsoever. So idiopathic neutropenia. Um, doctors have no clue why. Somewhere around three years old, all of a sudden they just started. But it's a pre-existing condition, which is fantastic. So to get insurance for us, we were looking at upwards of $30,000 for our premium plus our deductible. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I just can't justify that because it makes no sense. We spend a total, roughly, I would say, no more than a few thousand dollars a year on, on medical. On medical. So why would we pay $30,000 a year to have health insurance when we can't? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Now, you know, like my, my mom brings up, people talk, they come, well, you know, if something bad happens, I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, until this is fixed, 
how are people like us supposed to handle it? And being yeah. in the fields that we're in, where we, we have a lot of self-employed people, we have a lot of people in the same position, they're in the same boat. Their health insurance is ridiculous, so they may make great money, and that goes straight into their health insurance. Well, I appreciate you, Kevin. I, I mean, I, I've... I mean, I've been excited about it. So I was talking to them, and I know that Keith kind of was like, well, you know, I'm not big into politics, but I knew that once certain questions got out there that he would let things flow, and I, he did great. And Josh, hey, same thanks. way, man. You know, I, I, I loved listening back and just listening to you answer Keith's questions. <laughs> I mean, they're great. I've, I've, well, I've enjoyed this one. This has been fun. This has been good. It's been good just to be back with you guys. You I know. know. Just back here doing this, and I hope uh, that we can bring a little bit of – a little bit of light to some of the yeah. listeners, you know, who who. A little bit of education. Yeah, little little bit of knowledge. I, I think that I think we should start doing this show more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, people ask a lot less. You know, at first when we first started doing it, we got a lot of complaints about how long it was. And yeah. we, they were like forty-five minutes at the yeah. time. Like, and now we get complaints that we're not we don't do them often enough, that we're not consistent. That's like, a good what? problem to have. You yeah. can't have it both ways, people. Yeah. Break this one up into two episodes yeah. if you need to. Do a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. I'll throw this in there and like, all right, break. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start See segment the sh- two now. <laughs> yeah, it's the end of the show, but whatever. All so. right, cool. Well, all right, it's been great having you here. And everybody, thanks for listening. And this mm. is the Big Boy Pants Podcast. Big Boy Pants.